0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike. And today, we are doing one of our birthday episode specials. This is Lori's show. She had the second birthday for this year, and she got to make her choice. And the show and episode she has chosen is Star Trek Deep Space Nine season three episodes 11 and 12, correct? Yes. And that is the two-parter for past tense, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So Lori has been waiting for us to do this episode. She has her notes. She is excited. So we are going to let Lori take the lead on this episode Get started, Lori.
1: <laughs> okay, first of all, yay, Star Trek. Um, I literally watch Star Trek in some form almost every single day, usually when I go to bed at night. Um, my favorite Star Trek is Deep Space Nine. My second favorite one is uh, Voyager. And this episode is kind of special because I picked it because it is one of the few episodes that's um, an away mission from the, uh, the space station. Uh, it is a time travel episode, and it's one of those uh, episodes that Gene Roddenberry really wanted for the beginning of uh, TOS, uh, his ideals about showing equality and uh, social justice and all that good stuff. So it's a really interesting episode. Uh, this is an episode that you start to get uh, Cisco and the rest of them sort of moving into the big arc of the different Dominion Wars and the stuff with the Cardassians and the Jim hadar and all that. But this episode is completely separate from all of that. Basically, uh, the premise is a transporter accident sends Cisco, Bashir, and Dax three centuries into Earth's dark past to a time just before the Bell Riots, a violent civil disturbance in opposition to sanctuaries, which are controlled ghettos for the dispos- uh Dispossessed. Cisco then in part two assumes the role of a pivotal historical figure named Gabriel Bell in order to restore the timeline. Uh this was directed by Reza Baladi for part one. Jonathan Frakes uh directed episode two. Okay. Uh the major hitters, showrunners for the show, Iris Stephen Bear, Robert hewitt Wolf, uh wrote the story. They also did the teleplay. Uh, and it debuted on January 2nd, 1995, second Second part, January 9th, 1995. And it has a fair number of people who went on to other things. Uh, Dick Miller, who is a veteran actor, uh, Frank Military, who is actually one of the showrunners for NCIS uh, Los Angeles right now. Uh, you've got Tina Litford, who plays Ant Vi and Queen Sugar. Uh, and of course, you've got Clinton Howard, who's Ron Howard's younger brother. Who played Grady and Richard Lee Jackson, who had a pretty decent career as a child actor in the '90s and early 2000s? Ooh, this is one of my favorites. Right.
0: Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you because my my familiarity with this show ended in the '90s because I watched the episodes back in the '90s, and then I kind of fell off, and I haven't revisited it. So, watching this episode or watching these two episodes this afternoon. I was like, okay, I remember the characters. I remember the names. I don't remember if I ever saw this particular episode or Mm -hmm. these particular episodes back in the 90s. I think I may have only watched like maybe the first two seasons of Deep Space Mm -hmm. Nine. And then like right around that time, 95 was when I got married, 96 was when I became a mother. So I literally fell off a lot of TV in those first few years Mm -hmm. because I had two of my children kind of back to back and it was just chaos. So- I was like, okay, well, I guess this is my
1: reintroduction into Star Trek. (laughs) I hated this show for one reason. And that was because starting in uh, actually this season, uh, you had to bounce between this and Babylon 5 because they were on at the exact same time, Wednesdays at eight o'clock. So you literally, I literally went between I, in fact, I don't think i watched a full episode of either show until years later because I was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But uh, yeah, this is this is one of my favorites. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that was back before DVRs. Uh- <laughs> That was that was back before the technology got so advanced, so that you could be watching TV on one channel and recording on your VCR on another channel, unless you had a second TV in the house with a VCR mm-hmm. attached, and you can record it that
2: way. No, we 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 had a we, we had a VCR. Mind. I had a VCR that could record, and you could watch another channel at the same time.
3: Mm. Ah, see so you were in yeah, yes. back then.
2: Yes.
3: My mom had one yes. of those too. Yeah, she wanted in a raffle. Those um. were those were not cheap ones.
1: Yeah, we, we oh, didn't no. I didn't have such luck.
2: <laughs> Three but, channels. <laughs> yeah. no, mind you, I was in college. So I actually swiped it from home. Oh
1: jeez. <laughs> well, I had just graduated and I was in the middle of grad school before I dropped out. So I was I was actually teaching kindergarten and i just and then i got married and then it's like busy and i i literally missed out on the latter part so yeah no no dvr for me <laughs> no TiVo. vo yeah, i didn't like
0: the way i didn't like the way they scheduled shows back then because they would have it to where shows that were kind of similar right? competed with each other mm-hmm. you know that yeah, was they were
3: competitive awesome. as all get out is that i actually watched i could because Oh, my old ass is like I still remember watching the first Star Trek and liking it, and then watching Next Generation and saying, "Okay, I'm really cool." That's why I kind of geeked out when learned that Jonathan Frakes did the second that did part two of this one. I was like, "Frakes is that dude? Y'all people can sleep on Jonathan Frakes all they want to, but he is like this dude. This dude is like talented directing, acting, and writing. Like he is a really badass." And I really and when this came on, I was like, wait a minute, like another one? Then I saw that they had Avery Brooks on here after he was on Spencer for Hire mm-hmm. playing Hawk. And after he got his own show, Hawk, then he, he was on this. And I was like, oh, cuz cause, cause Hawk like Spencer for Hire was on my favorite shows. I love that show. And then they had Rene Aubergenois, oh. rest in peace, who was on Benson and, he, mm-hmm. and like he like he made me he was funny as fuck on benson like i loved him so i was like those two guys i was like all right i can give this a shot and i actually followed it for the first two seasons i mm-hmm. think like I, I watched every episode for the first two seasons but for some reason i fell off after that but it's like anytime i can like catch up on something like this is really cool um I keep thinking. I, I remember watching it and saying, "Oh shit! Like O'Brien's on here. Why is he here now mm-hmm. on, on yep, Next Generation?" Yep. I was like, "Oh, cool." Then I saw. I think I had. I had like a half crush on Nana Visitor, who played Kira. I was like, as soon as I saw her, again, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, okay, I remember her."
1: <laughs> who <laughs> robbed the cradle? Okay. Really? Yes, you uh, Bashir, the doctor. Uh, at this right. at this that's point right. in time on the show, he's about 24 years old. She was 33. Uh, they had a baby in real life about three years from this episode. They actually got married. Oh, that's cool. I, think I
3: remember hearing about that too. Okay.
1: And they got divorced about two years after the show ended. She's been married five times. Oh
3: wow. Yeah. Okay. She had, of, she had a lot of visitors. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and shout to Armin Armin Shimmerman
0: quark my boy
3: yeah it, like he's been he's been in a few like playing the he's a. Fuck, I can never get him straight i feel so bad he's not a rock not a wrong rock peringy
1: peringy peringy
3: tripped me the fuck out every time i see one like he because he's always like trying to trying to finagle something or figure something out or like make a deal but, like i used to i used to i low-key love those little dudes man
0: It was so funny, he he called them on the um, emergency channel in this episode, and they were like, "Um, can you get to the point, this is an emergency channel you're calling on? (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, what's your background with Star Trek?
2: Well, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek, DS9, also known as DS9, is my absolute favorite Trek series. Okay. Okay mainly because, and I'm not going to lie, mainly because of um, Commander Benjamin Sisko. Uh, there isn't any character that I think I love more than his character and resonate more with. I mean, the man was a brilliant tactical strategist, as well as an engineer and a leader. And There there were so many things that I loved about the show. And then I liked the way the show was done. It was more like a play because they tend to have be in the same spot. They were always on the station until they got the Defiant. And then, of course, they were on the Defiant sometimes. But for the most part, all the stories took place in the station. And Uh um, I used to always think of it as like a Western in space. And it was i always thought it was kind of cool odo was a cool character played by i can't ever say his name properly and um he was one of my favorite characters i too had a crush on Nana visitor for no damn reason whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) and i met her at dragon con um 2001 and um she didn't quite look the same on the sh- as she did on the show, but she was still, you know, a very beautiful woman. And I don't know, you know, it was actually, it was later. It was, I think it was 2008, maybe. Whenever the new Babylon, whenever the new Battlestar Galactic was on, I can't even remember the exact year. That started 2004. in 2004. Yeah. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Six, she was at Dragon Con that year at, at the same time. And yeah, there was no comparison actually. But I still, I still <laughs> like that <invisible>. Um <laughs> But everything about DS9 I love. I love the relationship that Cisco had with Jake. Um, and then when, you know, his father was on there, Cisco's father was on there. Ooh. I mean, there, there were so many things to like about the show. Um Chief O'Brien being on there was was great the thing about the approach they took with cisco being the prophet for or being the um emissary for the prophets was was an excellent storyline
0: i remember that yeah
2: especially when it gets towards the end um when it gets towards the end of the series when the um the fire prophets were involved uh -hmm. I don't know. It it was it was a great show, and I have autographs from almost every character, actor from that show.
0: That's except
2: except for, um, Cassie. She never came to Dragon Con, so I never got her autograph.
1: She never she She never she doesn't do a lot of cons,
2: so I don't have her autograph. But I have Michael Dorn. I have Sirach Lofton, and I have um, um, Avery Brooks. I've I've talked to all of them. I have Tony Todd. I have talked to all of them, you know, and, and I, I just love the show. It's my favorite show. I have most of,
1: t- I have most of TNG. I got photos and aut- uh, autographs of most of TNG. I don't have any of Deep Space Nine um, because when we started going to Star Trek conventions about six or seven years ago, they were the small local ones. And we've never been to the big show, which is in Las Vegas every year, but uh Tony Todd, what I'm impressed with. As a matter of
2: fact, he and I had a long conversation about barbecue in Atlanta because he really wanted to go get some barbecue. And if I had not not drawn a blank in my mind, I promise you we would have gone to lunch at a barbecue place if I could remember the name of the place. (laughs) And he was like, man, what what good are you? You live in Atlanta. You can't tell me the name of a good barbecue (laughs) place. And he just went off on me for a long time about that. (laughs)
3: I couldn't. He gave yeah, me you know,
2: such a hard he oh, gave me funny. such a hard time about it. And I, I would never <laughs> oh, forget Oh, that's that. funny. That's anyway. funny. <laughs> uh,
1: so some of the more the more notable episodes of Deep Space Nine, uh the, the best couple of ones are profit and Lace. These are Ferengi ones. The Magnificent Ferengi, where they basically do a take on the Magnificent Seven. So you've got Seven Ferengi rescuing Quark's mother, which is just hysterical. I remember hysterical that. <laughs> involves the dead body with the almatron where they make him walk, and it's just hysterical. Uh, the the one that is most popular that they always quote is one called In the Pale Moonlight, where he gives that whole soliloquy at the end about he can live with the guilt of doing something to get the Vulcans involved. Uh, the tr- uh, uh, tr- Tribbles, Trouble and Tribulations, which is the one that they actually won a couple of Saturn awards for, because they what they did is they remastered an old TOS episode and put them into it, and they redid it. Uh, you remember the episode T- Trouble with Tribbles? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: The one where they had the Tribbles back in the... They, they kind of went back in time, and they inserted themselves, and they wore the old-school costumes, and it, they did the whole thing with that. I I really uh, take Me Out to the Hollow sweet. Is a baseball one that's uh, season seven. Uh, Looking for Papa in all the wrong places. That's another Ferengi uh, one. Uh, there is a uh, little green men again. That's another Ferengi time travel. One. Okay, I like Ferengi's. Um, the, the the one season four opener. Uh, the the one that they do the sword of Kles, which is a Klingon. I mean, I could just go on and on. I literally have. Literally, know, every single child, every single episode, every single plot line. Yeah, you're not joking. So sometimes when we're recording,
0: we take breaks. Like some of us might have to take a potty break. We might take a food break. We might have to go deal with things like, you know, cats and whatever. At least that's for me. I have to deal with my cats a lot. But Will some whoever's still on the line sometimes will still just be talking about stuff and i remember there was one time i had to go and get some food i had ordered some food and i was dealing with that and talking to my daughter anthony and Lori were sitting on here and they it's almost like they recorded a a mini episode within an episode of them talking about nothing but star trek for like 25 minutes and it's just like it was here and here today (laughs) I Uh, I think this was I think you know what I think it was one of those episodes where we were having storms here in Atlanta and I think you and I were having like problems with our Uh connections that day and I think we were waiting for yours to restart so that we could continue on this was like maybe a few months ago so yeah I I think I I think I actually still have that recorded somewhere where Anthony and Laura just I don't even remember how it happened, you guys. Somebody mentioned something about Star Trek and Lori was off like a shot. She just started talking and then Anthony got into it and I'm listening to it from another room and I'm like, we're going to have to do Star Trek at some point. And then when when Lori came up with the idea of doing the birthday episodes, she was like, oh, I already know which one I want to do. Like She's had this in her mind for months. So, what is it specifically about this episode that you that that you wanted
2: to wait? Like, wait, wait! Before before we get into it, I just want to mention one more thing. One more thing. The one of the other main reasons I really like DS Nine is that's when they introduced Section Thirty One, which oh is yes, the yes. you know the covert black ops. You know, we, we don't talk about the organization mm-hmm. within Starfleet. And I've okay. read all the section, one, section 31 books, watched all the shows where they appear. And I, that, that was a brilliant creation by whatever writer came up with that and came up with Sloan because they were on the show to recruit Bashir, who, you know, we find out is genetically engineered, but he also has a didactic memory where he, he has a photographic memory and he's also brilliant. But he was, born, he was not born that way, but his parents... Um, did some illegal stuff to make him the way he was. Like he intentionally finished second in his class because if he finished first, it would raise suspicions.
1: <laughs> Suspicion. Uh, my, my man Bashir, I presume, is actually a James Bond themed episode that really right. highlights that. So
2: I just wanted to mention that because session Thirty-One is they are diabolical, awesome. but they are also extremely brilliant.
1: <laughs> and the time the time cops the time people yeah. those are fun too but they're actually more fun in Voyager. Uh, what do, what why did I pick this episode? I picked this episode because I didn't want to have to go into a long explanation about what was going on on the space station. It was an away mission on earth it was a time travel episode and honestly, I just like this episode. I, I could watch, I probably have watched this particular episode about 20 times. In fact, when I rewatched it this morning, I didn't really watch it. I just pop, bopped in and out from cooking breakfast. And when I got the key points, I watched it and went back and cooked breakfast because I know it like the back of my hand.
0: Yeah, this episode, um, watching it, watching both parts and looking at the issues that they're dealing with, it, it's so... It was so weird because one, the episode takes place in, I think it was 2024, with mm-hmm. only three years from now. So that was weird in and of itself to see what, you know, it's always fun to look at shows that imagine the future. Even though this technically is going back into the past because they tra- time traveled backwards, but it was still our future because, of course, this is 2021. We haven't gotten there yet. So it's always interesting to look at shows that kind of depict years that we haven't got to yet to see where they think we're supposed to be. And, you know, anytime we see TV shows or movies that depict the, tw- the 2000s or the 2020s, we're always supposed to be really futuristic at this time. We're supposed to have flying cars and all this other stuff. And none of that stuff has happened yet.
3: The Jetson's lied.
0: <laughs> but, in this, five. but in this episode, you see them. Yes, they, they've time traveled and they've, um, you know, they've appeared in a year that they're not supposed to be in, but. It kind of looks the way our world looks now. You know, at least a little part, the sanctuary where we were where we were in most of the episode. Um, you don't see a lot of futuristic looking stuff. Matter of fact, this this kind of reminded me of kind of like most of the dystopian stuff that we get now, you know, where people are living oh, oh I do have to say this, the computers <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> <laughs> the computers in this episode when i looked at them i was like that's not futuristic that's that looks like a computer from like the 1970s the big block um
3: yeah.
0: commodore computers or whatever that was funny but um yeah the the look of it and the feel of it is is kind of sort of like it is right now and then also some of the issues that they were dealing with in the episode i was like oh this looks very timely yeah vaguely familiar which i think is sad because this episode was written in the 90s and this is what they imagined for the 2000s it's like have we not evolved to where we can't be so predictable that here in 2021 we are still trying to separate people because they are refugees or because they um, don't look like it, it's just it's one of those things where you look at it and you can you can kind of enjoy the episode, but I also look at it and I feel really sad because we really have not evolved as as people. Yeah,
3: you know? I mean, I saw it. Like, I was looking at it and I was like, oh man! Like any anytime you look at something in the future, you're like, can this really have like? When I first saw Demolition Man, I was looking. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that shit ain't that shit can never happen. But now, like like living today, I'm like, uh, I mean, Taco Bell's food is getting pretty good. But then it's like I looked at um, looking at this show, there's like, like separating people because they they're broke and don't have any, don't have anything and don't have a job and putting them away from everybody else, like that happens. hiding like, them
0: behind walls. Yeah. People with mental issues not being able to get proper medical care and,
3: right. and not, not being able to afford
0: it. It was just like it, it. was just like I said. It's just so sad because here we are still doing those kinds of things
1: like this. It's just we should be further along. This is t- than this. Yeah. This yeah. is the. Yeah, this is the type of episode that if Gene Roddenberry was still alive, he definitely would have written this episode. I mean, this is literally what TOS was supposed to be, Mm. you know, giving people a a view of what things are and how social issues. Um, Mm. I had a really bad memory for the first time in years, because I'm looking at the clothes, especially when is wearing later on in the second episode, and I'm going, my God, I think I had that outfit. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah
1: because yeah because we, we 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 i still can't forgive myself on how we dressed in the 90s that's my biggest regret in life is how we dressed in the 90s all that pleather oh they were horrible the, the clunky the chunky heels the the, the chokers the headband
3: <laughs> i think the 80s- i've never personally wore chokers uh, I huh? I can't really yeah. relate really wearing chokers or clunky heels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't relate, I don't relate to that. I don't, no, don't think relate. I can help um, you.
2: Yeah. but I do I do want to echo what Hanukkah was saying. It it was almost as if this this these episodes were a commentary on on either where things were or where things were headed in our country at the time. You know that mid to late 90s where you know things mm-hmm. weren't, weren't things weren't great for all of us and even to this day we still just kind of ignore some of the social issues that we have dealing with like mental health and homelessness and unemployment mm-hmm. is it's, it's this terrible never-ending cycle that we seem to find ourselves stuck in mm-hmm. as a nation and and like Laurie said Gene Roddenberry was all about showing the utopian society that we could be where there was no hunger where there was no um, unemployment you know that that's what Starfleet was about was about everyone having this this ultimately equal opportunity in this perfect society Mm -hmm. you know and then they also he he also showed us that even though things were like that, we can still have issues like racism. Like There was a great um, original series episode where two races were killing each other just mm-hmm. based on, they, they were half, you know, they were painted half black, half white, and, they, and mm-hmm. people were looking like, why are y'all fighting? Because he's different. They're like, y'all are different. No, they were. The colors were flipped. <laughs> you know, but, yep. instead of, it, it, awesome. it's a great episode, but it, this, the appeal of this show and the subliminal messages that they were putting in our brains as, you know, young, impressionable kids, it, I think a lot of it is bearing fruit today. You know? mm-hmm. I, I just I don't want to say
1: that. Yeah. No, I, I I definitely agree. And like I said, the another reason is I didn't want to get into the whole uh, war thing because if I did that, then I would have had to the whole the whole Gal Descartes, uh going nuts thing. And I didn't feel like going into that because that would have taken five hours. But uh, now I will say that this is set in San Francisco. And as someone who lives near San Francisco, um, I've never seen a building look like this actually in San Francisco. So I thought that was funny.
3: It's <laughs> always the way it's just like, everything gets transposed like you know we have we have things filmed here that are set in like way different places like yeah like, like filmed here and it's supposed to be set in like minnesota and i'm like how
0: and then yeah. some things that that we see on tv that are supposed to be atlanta i'm like there is nowhere in atlanta that i know <laughs> that it looks like
1: yep yeah <laughs> So I guess we're I guess I guess we're gonna go right in. Uh, and so the episode starts off with them on the uh, ship, and they are going to Earth for a conference, and it is. Uh Cisco and it is Bashir, and it is Jadzia Dax, and they are in the process of beaming down to earth for this dinner, and they have a temporal event that happens, and it sends them back 300 years to 2024 San Francisco. Uh, You've got Kira Norris, Major Kira, and you've got uh, O'Brien, Chief O'Brien, who discovered that there was an issue, so... The two-parter. They spend their time trying to figure out how to bring them back, whereas we find Cisco and Bashir are found by a couple of uh, policemen guards, and they are basically harassed. And they are led to a processing place, whereas Jazia has been knocked out and separated, and she's found by a kindly rich tech billionaire who offers to help her.
3: A kindly tech billionaire. <laughs> God. <really. laughs> oh no! A kindly tech billionaire that took the subway. <laughs> that was on the subway like okay sure I <laughs> just happened to be walking
1: by oh you poor thing are you all right
3: <laughs> here let me let me take you to my office in the skyscraper across the street come on it's okay
1: right she, she didn't get any maybe he might be a serial killer vibe but no she's okay let's go <laughs> she's a little too trusting
0: well, shout out to her for not.
3: shout to her for not, <laughs> not for not immediately giving away the fact that she was like an alien. like she really like played like she figured out she wasn't anywhere, and she like struck right into the role without really knowing where her surroundings were, and just right. kind yep. of going yep. with it instead of looking out a place like like Cisco and Bashir did, kind of did. They're like, wait, what year is it? What? Where are we? Oh, oh, they're retards. Well, Take well, to the technically, like, you know, you can say she's like three hundred
2: years old, so she she kind of knows how to handle herself in because she's a trill. And her symbiote is, is very true. old, and it's, she probably has experienced not knowing where you are right when you're there and just kind of figuring out what's going on. And like you said, Bashir and which we go, we do hear about the temporal displacement policy for the first time, which is not like the temporal prime directive, but the temporal true, displacement yeah. policy where either. You don't want to alter historical events, but <laughs> between Bashir and <laughs> him, and Commander Cisco, it's just it's the way they're acting. It was gonna happen. They're just walking around yeah. like
3: that didn't it's, work, it's, it's out it's so well. work out so well. Touching things. What <laughs> are you doing? Stop talking to people.
1: The first time I saw this episode, when I saw what happens, I was like, "Well, of course that's gonna happen." <laughs> It was like, paid by numbers. look like you walk around and you get in a fight, you get someone
3: stabbed. Oh, that was a historical Oh, shit. He was kind of necessary. Oh, damn. And and you're right.
1: What's your name? Gabriel Bell.
3: Oh my God, fuck.
2: And, and I, I I am trying you're to figure right? out why why is is he so bored, the billionaire tech guy, that he has to slum it in the subway to give to his entertainment. You yeah. 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 Whatever. But I, I do want to say that they were, um O'Brien and, and the Reese. they were laying down the tech lingo really, really heavy in this episode. And yes, I was, sitting
0: and I watching was like, I was oh like,
2: my crazy. God, they went above and beyond with the tech lingo. Like, I know it's a Star Trek thing, but Jesus, were they speaking <laughs> English at all to each other?
0: I was looking at the episode and listening to them talk and I was like, okay, I know it's been a while since I've watched a Star Trek episode, but oh my god, I'm so oh, lost. No, no, no. <laughs> it,
2: this this they they laid it on really 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 thick and you know, again, shout out to the Chief Miles O'Brien fan club. The dude knows what he's talking about apparently. You know, he knows his stuff. Not just yeah. engineering, but he's going into science of you know, come on, really. Like, I see like...
0: what the blooper reel was like back then. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. well, yeah, you, you, you have to understand that they were on season seven of, of TNG when they were filming this, so they were at the end of one run and sort of going into the other, so. I, I I think I might actually have a, a link to some YouTube where they do show some blooper stuff. Not this one, but within the same season. And it's just bad. Stephen Ira Bear, who is one of the main people. And also, if you notice in the credits, there's a guy named Ron D. Moore who was also on the show. And, you know, he did Battlestar Galactica. He was just yeah. a baby. He was a baby and, writer back uh, Outlander then. Outlander, too. Yeah.
0: And, and Stephen Ira Ron, Bear. Ron Moore
2: is just and really, Dr. And Dr. And what he does just all
1: over the place just yeah he is he is but he cut his teeth on star trek but uh Stephen Ira bear who you may have seen him he's the guy that always has like the blue colored beard i mean it's literally blue like sapphire blue and he was one of the main people that really put the show together and his thing was that he was constantly fighting with the writers room to make these stories at least understandable believable because he hates tech talk he hated the fact that they were going the temporal this and that alum you know he's like no no can we not (laughs) he lost most of the time
0: i was gonna say but you know even even in shows from back then that showed like 2000s being in the future we should have totally different vocabularies than we do now Mm -hmm. based on some of these Mm -hmm. tv shows we should be sounding like you know o'brien and kira and I'm just sorry. It's just not going to happen. I was just, I was so confused. I was like, okay, that phrase sounds familiar. That one does not. I have they, they were talking way. about ta- like, okay, tachyon you know
2: particles and tachyon fields and all that. So like, oh my God.
0: And I was like, <laughs> yeah. that, sounds that sounds familiar. familiar but everything
2: I mean, else. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm a like, science wait, guy. I know my science. And, you know, I know my Star Trek science too. But they were speaking some Oof, they were laying it out real thick, Right,
3: there were no dilithium crystals needing to be involved know. or anything. I
1: mean. Again, you're lucky I didn't pick a Voyager episode. But see, okay, <laughs> now we're now I'm at the part where Judge C is finally getting her little credits together, and she's talking to him. He's asking her about her tattoos. And I have something that I didn't notice until today. How the hell did she know how to manipulate the computer to get her ID? I never thought about it until the day. I was going to ask about that because... I'm like, first of all, the
0: fact that they had touch screens at that time, I was like, oh, okay, well, they got something right. You know, they had the little stylus and the touch screens and they were doing that. But I was like, how is she getting an ID? And one, she's not human, so she wouldn't exist in that database anyway. Two, she's completely out of time. Like, so she's getting an ID and she's getting credit chips and she's getting all this other okay. stuff. And you yeah. notice when Cisco and Bashir were trying to get them, it was like, Oh, these fingerprints do not exist. This person does not exist. No, no. It's like see,
2: see you, you also have to remember that Zia is a science officer. So she knows tech, um, and she probably could true. have written the code, whatever code they use. She probably could have written that that's in true. her sleep as a four-year-old. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> if you, if they're, they're, okay. they, they, they right, have they have this thing where if you're from the future and you go into the past, the technology is instantaneously inferior yeah. <laughs> to whatever you have. So. She could sit down, she could have robbed all the banks in the world, and they would have never known about it. All she had to do was take a picture of herself, and she could have created a whole identity for herself. This is what she did. And had she known what was going on with Cisco and Bashir, she could have created all that stuff for them, too. Yeah, right, right.
1: Yeah. But she's lucky that she wasn't actually really injured because the moment that they would have taken her to the hospital and then x-ray, they would have found no worm in her belly. Right.
2: The, the, the have, one, the one person I'm it. I'm utterly disappointed in, watching how everything went down, is Bashir. Bashir is the spy fan. He's a James Bond fan. He should know that if you are in a place where you know you're not supposed to be, you need to really quickly figure out what you're supposed to do. And and See, he, he
0: that's struggled. easy to say in theory, <laughs> but when you find yourself in that situation, literally, you might not be so quick to think on well, your you, feet. You're, you know, you're trying to, to
2: say up. it's not like a holiday simulation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm all, all, you know, you know. I, I think you're right because, because, yeah, I think you're right because Bashir, Bashir has a few moments in this these episodes where I'm like, I've seen you do better work. No, seriously, I've seen you do better
3: work. Well, I mean, to be fair, they were unconscious when they found them. So it's not like they could do that much investigation as far you as- you gotta, you gotta be yeah, quick.
2: You gotta think on your feet.
3: Yeah, but- You gotta be quick
0: here. You People I'm... dressed in these weird clothes and speaking in this weird dialogue, you're like, okay, how far out of time are we? <laughs> like it's different when you're going back a couple of decades but to go back 300 years like this version of 2024 probably doesn't know what a starfleet is doesn't have spaceships that can go to other galaxies and so you you have to figure out how much you have to dumb down to deal with the people um, on this planet. i'm just
2: saying um and i know that that's probably very difficult for bashir to do <laughs> be as brilliant as he to try to dumb it down because it took me many gimmies and dims I was like gimmies and dims y'all are a couple of gimmies like wait it took me a minute to figure that lingo yeah. out
0: yeah. I was sitting there like what what is that and even when they explained it I was like y'all couldn't come up with a better term I mean it was just y'all couldn't come up with a better term than that
1: but I I don't know. look they are in the dmv from hell okay literally i mean (laughs) the guy had to use a discount just to log these people in okay he had to pay for it he's a cop
2: (laughs) it was funny when when they i know this is out of order but when they went to like the social worker to get a thing why did they have flashbacks to (laughs) 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 which
0: was mike's birthday episode (laughs)
2: Right. I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. We have a hard to duck (laughs) reference in a Star Trek episode. This is
3: this is proof positive that me me and Lori are brother and sister (laughs) from a different mother and mister. Yeah, because your
0: (laughs) birthdays are even in the same month. Like Lori's birthday was in January, so and Mike's is in January. Like you guys are only a couple weeks apart. So that's so weird, but you guys are not setting a precedent because I don't think sense. there's a DMV. Um, there's not a DMV scene in my movie, and I think I'm the one that's coming up next. So, okay, okay. okay.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> there might be. You never know. There's gonna be one. Oh, like, oh damn it.
1: So, so once they get processed, we go back to. Uh, to the ship and you've got Kira and O'Brien and they're going in and I froze the screen and the here's some more tech babble talking about a microscopic singularity has occurred so here's more tech babble and they're discussing that they only that they need to get permission to figure out what's going on because eventually what's going to happen is that they only have about five or six shots to actually use the teleporter and pick certain places in time to go back and to search for them. And they've got two very hysterical uh, examples of that, which we'll get to later. But basically, uh, they're trying to figure out what happened to them. (laughs) And it's sort of, it's sort of like they were badly used. I almost want to say, and I, I listen to Mission Log, which is Gene Roddenberry Jr.'s uh, po- podcast. Right now, they're doing uh, Deep Space Nine. Basically, they've been doing a podcast for about 10 years, and they did TNG first, and they do one episode every two weeks in order. And right now, they're on season six, episode 15 of Deep Space Nine, and then we finish that, they're going to Voyager. Anyway, one of the things that they said on the podcast For this one I was disappointed with the podcast I didn't like the way they did it yes that means I listen to my podcast is that they basically said that they insisted that the scenes with Kira and O'Brien were actually more important to the storyline as the B story versus the A story and I'm still trying to reconcile how they got that
3: (laughs) Uh, okay okay and again can we can we give O'Brien like a give props and shout out for figuring out that they got lost in time and then he figured out a way to go back in time through the teleporters like
1: oh my god i'll give all the props in like, the
3: world what? like god like how like i'm like i, I could barely figure out how to how to program my microwave and he's over here figuring out okay we're gonna go back to this time then this time then this time then this time then he only had what then of course worst science fiction trope they only have one last trip one
0: last and shot three possibilities and he, and she's like all right three possibilities up, and he randomly <laughs> and three possibilities
2: one, yeah. like, and it just so uh, happens to be the correct one me, uh, right here well we'll send anything like wait we're, we're trying to send the message to starfleet oh wait there, there is no starfleet oh fuck what did they do that would have been <laughs> 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 he's like why were we affected I don't know. It's because of these particles, taking out particles. That, oh, we're, oh, in we're in a bubble. We're in a bubble. We're in a bubble. Okay. And then like, okay, well, all right. let's figure <laughs> out what what events in our history would we're have sure. affected the creation of the Starfleet. Oh, uh, how about all of them? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: okay, but I God. bet that was stupid. <laughs> i give I'll give you that. I will give you that. <laughs> when they did Little Green Men, when Corp went back to the 1930s. But I'll give you that. That was dumb.
2: <laughs> I didn't say it was dumb. I didn't say it was dumb. I was, I'm like. It was
1: just very Damn. convenient.
2: <laughs> it was. But this, but the thing is though, the show is great. These, these two episodes are great because they cover a lot of things. Right. You know, it's a lot of things that they cover. It's just that when you pick out the the little things, it's just it's hilarious. It's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not dumb. It's it's just funny. It's like, okay, so yeah, that would have been my reaction, literally. What the fuck did they do? It's like there's no Starfleet. Like oh yeah,
0: they had to change something. Do they not know they're not supposed to change something? It was just. You know, when, when 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 they made that declaration, he was like, "We can't change anything in history." I was like, "They're gonna change something, <laughs> and it's gonna <laughs> fuck something up change.
1: really, really
3: bad." Oh, it does. It's a situation where where Bashir is trying to help somebody, and it's just goes like, "No, we can't change anything because we'll mess up the future." And then all of a sudden, they are in the it's like. I'm a little bit later in the episode, they're in the middle of a fight, and, and, and a historical right. figure gets stabbed. And I'm like,
1: "Well, I, I, I have, I have an issue with that too, uh, because I just, well, what happened after was just stupid. So basically, so we're at the point now where they're basically going through." waiting to get processed through. And, and Cisco is giving Bashir a history lesson about the uh, Gabriel Belt riots and what had happened. And then he tells him, of course, that they arrived just like a few days before the actual events are going to Of occur, course they did. Right? So, <laughs> which is just so bad. Like, well, of course you did. What happened, you know? So, you know, and Julian gets this really, really bad look on his face. And then they sort of, you know, they go back and forth, back and forth a little bit and every time he tells them it just gets worse and worse and he's giving them this background about the guards taking hostage and the government and i'm cracking up over this because i'm looking at this and i'm going you 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 can't see the plot on this you you don't you don't see this this coming i mean first of all they should be glad that no one has basically put them in a separate room because they're basically wearing pajamas and that you know that is a red flag <laughs> but they fixed
3: that They created their <laughs> clothes.
1: I'm sorry, best episode ever.
3: <laughs> it wasn't wasn't that George Bell that was riding on Cisco's leg? Uh,
1: I'm looking at it now. Uh no.
3: talk about Gabriel Bell. That
1: no, that wasn't Gabriel Bell. That was some random guy, right. but uh Why did look, look
0: like, Mike I like know the they say it, but
1: all black people don't look alike. <laughs>
2: Okay, but hold on. Stop. Wait. Stop before I go down that road. This this is a point in the podcast where Anthony gets on his soapbox about time travel. Okay. But
0: when this was going to happen? I
3: was waiting. I was waiting. Um, on. I was like,
2: Why has he said anything yet? Yeah, yeah. The, the time has come, and this is going to be a small rant, not a very big rant. And and I'm 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 going to go light on it because it is my favorite show in the star trek universe <laughs> i have issues with time travel you can't do it right because it doesn't make any sense the only thing i'm going to say is you notice that we don't ever see a picture of gabriel bell before we see the picture of gabriel Bell at the end so who's to say that the whole time it wasn't cisco the uh, beginning true. yeah Ugh. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the thought never crossed their minds, but of course it crossed my mind because, you know, I guarantee you none of them ever looked up Gabriel Bell to see what he looked like. They know the story, but I'm bitching none of those people 300 years in the future pulls up an actual picture to see. They, they're probably, wow, that looks awful like like Benjamin Sisko, that kid over there in Starfleet, at the, the Academy. No one ever thought I'm just, I'm just throwing out there that things would have
0: been put at. That's probably like a great, 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 great something ancestor. Right.
2: So, 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 instead of ripping the show apart about time travel, because (laughs) Star Trek is one of the worst franchises that (laughs) deal with time travel in the most idiotic of ways, (laughs) I'm just gonna let it go.
3: I'm just gonna let it go. Wait, is this the? Is this the point in Deep Space Nine where where Cisco grows? No, to that's, season four, that's, that's season four Yeah, this later. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe he grew. Maybe he grew <laughs> T so that people would think that he was George <laughs> Bell. He was in it's, disguise the whole time.
1: <laughs> all all I'm going to say is that he only got better in the series once he lost his hair. Once he went bald, it was good. If you watch any of the episodes when he still has hair, except for when he punched out Q, that was pretty good. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he it's like Avery Brooks was still sort of channeling Hawk a little bit, you know, from Spencer and Hire a little bit. But if you've ever seen any interviews that he's given over, say, the last 15 years, I don't know if he just nutted up or he was just always that bizarre because in real life, Avery Brooks is kind of weird. Now my- Yeah, my, he is my, kind of weird. He's not, he's now a <laughs> little known fact, I don't know if I told you that you, that you guys is not, but my uh, school before it was incorporated into the University of Illinois system, it was called Sangamon State University. And at this time, 95, I was in grad school and the history program. And one of the cool things is, is that Avery Brooks Uh, designated Saginaw State University to have his papers. So to this day, part of the University of Illinois at Springfield uh, location, they have all his notes, all his scripts. They've got all of his uh, musical stuff that when he does concerts, they've got Everything that he has done, basically his manager, because I actually processed some of them back in the day, basically once a month or once every three or four months, his manager would send an archival box to the university archives and they would have poor people like me sort through catalog and they would keep it. And the last time I checked was about 10 years ago. They've got over like 7,000 documents all associated to Avery Brooks. Wow. So, yeah.
3: You must, have been in, you must have been in heaven sorting through all well, this
1: stuff. Well, not when you're a grad student and you're trying to go through all your classes and you have to work in the archives. It's like, you're more overwhelmed. I was more impressed because we also had a small Jimmy Buffett collection, so I was more impressed that I got to go yeah, through that collection yeah, you would
2: since I love Jimmy <laughs> Buffett.
1: Yeah.
3: There we go. There we go. But but yeah, I was, no, after,
2: I, after speaking to him for about five minutes, he's the only person I would actually classify as a cool cat i but agree he, he is a little bit different though yeah he's a little no. bit different
1: yeah the captain series that shatner did a few years ago i was watching it with mark and mark was looking at me and he's like this did, did he have a, a psychotic breaker did he have a stroke or something i was like no, no. apparently he's actually like that in real life
2: he's he's, you he's, know? A, he's he's a different type of person yeah
1: he is
2: just <laughs> just a little bit i
1: but an um, like I said, amazing actor. I was, gonna say,
2: I was about to say the same thing. He's a brilliant actor.
1: Right. Like, yeah.
2: Just, just a little amazing
1: little music- little musician, little. singer, but just, and I think cool cat would be the word for it. He's a cool cat. <laughs> yeah, but he he he's definitely a, a different type of person. Which I don't know if that makes him more of a brilliant actor because. In my opinion, even though this is my favorite Star Trek, I really, really don't think that he really got his full due in the latter seasons of this show. It became more of the Odo Kira show the last couple of seasons. I think they kind of scaled his role back a little bit in order to let the other people... Or am I imagining this, Anthony?
2: You're not imagining it, and I I think he had a lot to do with that because he was going through some things towards... Towards the
1: Okay. Because okay. to this day, he considers Cedric Lofton his son. I mean, he literally introduces people in real life, this is my son, and he treats him like his son.
2: Yeah, they were sitting next to each other at, at Dragon Con. Michael Dorn was like way over there. And then the two of them were, like right next to each other
1: yes uh uh, cedric was saying that when he was growing up even after the show ended he said avery calls him up every couple of weeks would say hey son let's go do a basketball game go to lunch he goes he literally goes from the moment we met to today treats me like his son that's nice though i i like
0: i like seeing that uh actors on shows like that create that kind of bomb is it's the same way with um Jason Isaacs and Tom Felton, like they refer to each other as dad and son. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they they played Lucius and Draco Malfoy on the Harry Potter series. They refer to each other as father and son on social media all the time. It's you know, I like seeing those kinds of mm-hmm. bonds, kind of, outlive the
1: series that you know. Or the uh, father and son. Good them,
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so we're at the part now Where we get my favorite, favorite person Ever in the episode We get a, a guy named BC BC is sort of scrumpled Has a fedora And basically acts like an idiot And he turns out to be very pivotal Later on the episode But he is a ghost A ghost is someone who is not a gimme Who is not a dim He is someone who For the lack of a better word Tries to be a wannabe gang a bully. Memory. A bully Yeah And I was upset because until I really started looking, I couldn't find any information about him because he's only got about 15 acting credits to his name, but like I was saying at the top of the episode, he actually has directed and produced 21 episodes of the regular NCIS and he has produced over 120 episodes and written about 70 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. So he's basically a showrunner. Oh, okay. Which I thought was interesting because like I said, finding information about these people sometimes is a little hard unless you go to IMDb, which I tend not to because I don't really like IMDb. So why? You know, but I, I thought it was it because I I like Wiki. I I guess I'm a little old school. I like Wiki and I don't like to spoil myself sometimes with stuff. Because if you go on IMDb, sometimes I get spoiled on stuff and I don't want to. So basically, while, we're, while, while she's doing that, Cisco has gotten breakfast for him and Bashir, and he's apologizing because they ran out of utensils. And it's like, Bashir's like, I could care less. We haven't eaten in days, you know. So basically, they're, they're living a hard life. The problem is, is that once they got processed by Tina Lipford's character, uh, they basically were told, well, you don't have a job you don't have anyone to give you a reference and you don't have any place to stay. So instead of saying, okay, well, you know, good luck to you, they decide that for the benefit of society, they're gonna place them within this 10 block, 10,000 population tent city where they basically can have to find their own shelter. They give them a food card and they basically say, we'll see you when we can see you. Oh, we offer uh, job assistance If we can find you a job. So basically, they can't leave and they're stuck in a ghetto. And And that's their. They call
2: call them sanctuary districts.
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's a sanctuary for you.
2: Sanctuary district. (laughs) I
1: mean, I guess one of the reasons why I picked this episode is that I was always intrigued by this because just the idea of them saying that this is a sanctuary, this isn't a sanctuary, this is a ghetto. Very reminiscent of Europe. Right. You know, this is a ghetto.
2: And, and like we learned later, like if you're unemployed and they put you there because you can't find employment, how are you supposed to be able to find employment if you can't leave? Right. And you have to rely on someone else finding a job for you while you wait around. These the, the sanctuary districts are just, just wrong. They're inherently bad and wrong. They, they don't work. And I think that was what they were trying to say. You know, I have
0: learned, especially in the last few years dealing with the Walking Dead universe, anytime someone says that they're a sanctuary, they usually aren't.
2: That's a bad, that's a bad <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs>
1: right, bad. it's a bad thing. Right, right.
2: <laughs> hey, come here, stay with us. Let's pool our resources. Everyone here together in these walls behind locked gates. And I'm in charge. And anything I say goes. Mm. Yeah, they yeah. never accept. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tiger, <laughs> and I have a tiger. No, oh, that
0: was the kingdom, the sanction.
2: Well, the yeah. the. Or oh, 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 I have a bat. I have head a head or- I have a bat wrapped in
0: oh, barbed wire. In- barbed wire, or, or We're a community of cannibals. You know, I mean, yeah.
2: Any, yeah, no
0: sanctions. Right.
2: All you, all you got to do, all you got to re- do is read Hunchback I know mean, that The sanctuary is a prison. It's
1: true too. So, yeah, that, that's anyway. true.
2: That
1: that is true.
2: <laughs> sanctuary, but it was,
0: you know, there were, sanctuary. I guess, a few things about that so-called sanctuary that was weird. First of all, is the fact that, like you said, Anthony, they tell you, okay, we can provide you shelter, we can provide you with food you can go out and choose any one of these places to live within this community. It's kind of like, y'all don't assign people to go any particular place. No, so you're just supposed to go to like a building and find a place to stay that someone isn't already occupied. It's
2: like, here, here's a meal card. Good luck yeah, to right, you.
0: Right, just send them out the door. That's Good it. luck. Look, may the odds be, be ever in your favor. It's just-
2: Be in your favor.
0: <laughs> It's, it's just, there's so many problems with the way that they do this, but the, the, the sad thing is, you know, I have a few years back, I, <laughs> a few years back, you know, I, right around 2010, 2011, I was actually laid off and I was, you know, unemployed for quite a bit because we were all going through a financial housing crisis at that time and trying to get like public assistance or any kind of help like that this is pretty much what it looks like like trying to get unemployment trying to get mm. food stamp assistance or you know utility assistance when you haven't worked for 6 months, 7 months, 8 months, a year it's pretty much like that like these these places they tell you that they're supposed to assist you They're supposed to help you with this job placement and stuff. And then their idea of assistance is kind of like the bare minimum. It's just kind of like, okay, we tell you we're going to feed you. Okay, we're going to give you a dollar and you have to make that stretch for the whole day. That's kind of sort of how it is. So looking at it in this episode, I was like, oh, it sucks to see that that hasn't changed either. Again, these episodes were written in the 1990s. 2021 people are still having issues with getting assistance especially in this day and age with you know everything shutting down for COVID a lot of things have gone digital it it's been hard for people my my daughter went through unemployment for a while because she was in the midst of changing jobs right as COVID happened so the job that she was supposed to start She couldn't start because she was going to be working at the airport. Well, most of the stores shut down. Her trying to even get to someone, to speak to someone about unemployment, non existent You couldn't get anybody on the phone. You could barely get anybody to return an email. And I experienced the same thing as well. It was just so... It's so hard to get that kind of assistance. So I'm even impressed about the fact that they were taken in and they were actually able to see someone and sit down with someone and say, hey, okay, we can get you this here. You have a meal card and you can go find a place to stay in the same day. Now, granted, it really didn't help them that much because they couldn't find a place to stay. You know, the, the people who were guarding these buildings, it was almost like, like you said, like bodyguards or like gang members, they're like, oh no, you can't stay here. You got to find another building. Mm -hmm. Even when, even, you know, the next day when they were trying to just, they were just trying to get to the roof of a building. Are you going to have to find another building? Really? Mm -hmm. Like what is so valuable in those buildings that y'all have to, that that y'all are blocking? I mean, everybody has access to the same stuff or supposedly. So why, why do they? It was just it's like i said it was when
3: weird. you don't when you have nothing if you can find get control mm-hmm. of anything you hold on to it mm-hmm. and these people have absolutely nothing so when you have like a, if you can get a little bit of control or a little bit of be in charge of something little it's it's everything to you because if you have nothing and you get a little bit of something you're going to protect it with your right. you're going to guard it fiercely with your you, you're not going to let anyone else get what you got because obviously if someone comes and asks you for to get access to somewhere you are that's something that you have that they don't and they're like no right. you can't get in here go at it, shoot or it's like "You unless you're going to give me something else then no you can't you just got to make it worth my right. while because this is all I have me giving you access it gives, puts me over you and gives me right. all and that gives me something mm-hmm. so they're going to mm-hmm. hold on to it and be an asshole they're probably nice in yeah. the previous life sure but now they're right. like they're like this is all i got so it's not it's not right That's the It way sucks things are. but i mean
1: which is basically what happens because yeah. a little bit further on the episode we see that uh Cisco and Bashir have changed clothes they traded clothes and they're like you said they're trying to get a look at the building and they come across Wells and Wells is uh, acted by Bill Smekovich, who is a fairly famous character actor uh, he's been in everything. I mean, everything. And he's basically a, a, a normal guy whose family is there. And he got hard in his luck. And his son got beaten up. And you know, Bashir helps him out a little bit. And he tells him you know, offhand, he goes, "In a couple of days, we're going to have a, a quiet protest to let people know that we're still here." And then he adds the most heartbreaking thing ever. He says, "Clean up. We're not bums, you know." And I was like, "Oh," because you know what's going to happen later on. You're like, "Oh," that just gets me. So as we move a little bit further on into the episode, we find out that uh, uh, B.C. is, again, being a bully, being an asshole. And B.C. starts to harass uh, Bashir for his food cart. And let's just say it doesn't go it doesn't
3: well. Go well, and here we go, getting involved in stuff, when you're going to just stay to the side and not bother anybody. But no, you have to get in a fight over a food cart and get a and get, get historical person killed. <laughs> Now you got a correction you
0: know but I do like the fact that it was actually Bashir that was kind of the the wild one instead of it being Cisco because you know generally speaking everybody thinks the black person is going to be the one to be like oh don't come at me and all this other stuff and
1: and, and Cisco's like Bashir I need your I, I will point out I will point Whoa. out if you paid attention that Bashir used the Kirk yeah, did, uh, like- style of fighting with the arms.
2: And also don't get it twisted, Bashir is a hothead. <laughs> if you watch Bashir, Bashir has no chill. It, he, he will go to an extreme in a no. heartbeat. And I don't know if it's because of genetic engineering, but he he has I don't I, I don't <laughs> want to put him in that category with Khan and his people, but he can get there real fast a lot of times.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So a fight ensues and Gabriel Bell or this gentleman that they don't know uh, gets stabbed trying to help them. So Bashir is basically trying to render emergency aid and Cisco goes through his pockets and we get get a best um, McCoy line. He goes, damn it, breathe, damn it, breathe. So they basically run away. And here's my problem. Every time I see this, I question this. They run into an alleyway. To get away from the police, and what do they do? They cover it with a blanket. Come on,
3: work. really <laughs> without
1: that failing work the cops. Though. A blanket. Well, that's, they didn't even bother looking true. down into that little, little ditch or whatever. That's true. But again, I just thought that was absolutely hysterical. And of course, we get this really, really, really interesting scene where they're like, oh, thank God we're okay. And he goes, that's the least of our worries. And he says, why? He said, you know that man that just got killed trying to help us? Yeah, dun, dun, dun. The man was Gabriel Bell. Oh my God. You know, I
0: figured that when he got stabbed, I said, now watch this be Gabriel Uh, (laughs) Bell.
3: I know.
0: give us a little more suspense but matter of fact i'm i'm looking at one of the scenes where right around that time when this is about to happen but it's just like y'all could have made it at least a little bit harder to <laughs> to screw up history so y'all just had to do it just well and then of course that means that Samuel has to take his you know kind of assume his identity in order to not screw up the timeline too much which We already saw that that didn't, you know, end well because all of Starfleet has been erased. And there were some some other changes too aside from Starfleet, correct? Because of the fact that Starfleet didn't exist, there were some other things that also changed because the the things that were there originally were there as a result of Starfleet being in
1: existence. In existence, existence, right. I think Ocean disappeared. I think somebody showed up when they shouldn't have showed up. But then my favorite part is, because this is the thing that I I question I don't like about the episode. They end with the Gabriel Bell, but they still have about six minutes left on the episode. So we get the obligatory trying to find them. So we have Kira in this really bad jumpsuit. (laughs) And they're getting ready to go. And they do the first of the uh, tries. And I'm cracking up because they're like, you know, well, we have to find them. And they do this thing where because she's Bajoran and she's got nose ridges that they make her cover up her nose with this bandage. And she has to tell people, I broke my nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> I broke my nose. Didn't I tell you not to speak?
0: Oh, my like, God. And they end up what? They end up in the 20s? Yes. And they end yeah. up in the 60s. All, all those 70s, scenes
2: are brilliant. They're and- brilliantly <laughs> hilarious. They are great. Love them. Well, yes.
1: I'll, I'll give you that. They are they so are so giving her the flowers. Ah,
0: just the expression on her face. She was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, she's high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's so high. I mean, they, they could have, okay, here says so the entire earth network is gone. But see, here's my thing. I understand that they have to make it a tip and look like they're looking for them, but they could have done better than that. I mean, I don't agree with Mission Log that they could have cut this out entirely. I think that for what this B story was, they could have written it or string light it and made it slightly better. Because honestly, if I only saw them, like, once in this episode and maybe once in the second part, I would have been fine, you know? Or what do you guys think? Well, I mean, uh, I don't
0: know.
1: I guess because it,
0: it, I don't know, it it was okay to me. You know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, it was fun seeing them go, into those different times especially considering that they're from like 300 years in the future to just see a little bit of what people live through or what they lived like but I found it kind of interesting that they kept touching down in the same exact spot not really knowing if okay if this is where they were yeah. you know but I like the little touches to it. You know, the, seeing the couple in their little 20s gear and seeing the the 60s van with the loud music and they're trying to talk over the music and they're saying the same thing they've said in the other times that they've landed. I'm not getting any, what was it he was saying? That he wasn't getting some kind of frequency. He wasn't getting the emergency distress frequency or something. It's just like, what?
2: <laughs> I, what did you say? I thought those it, scenes were great. I, I thought they you know, had cheap, it but- yeah, they added some, some light were... to a lot of the, the dark issues that we were dealing with right. in the episode. Because it's like the writers decided to, to say, okay, well, we're going to throw all of the worst things that we have. Homelessness, how we treat the mentally ill, mm-hmm. you know, mm. how we treat the unemployed, um, this unemployed. We just put them all in the same place mm-hmm. and give them food cards. So I think we needed a little bit of levity in the episode and the Kira, the, the Narissa mm-hmm. and O'Brien scenes brought that levity that, that was needed. Yeah. In in this episode.
0: Yeah. Now yeah, well, I will, okay. I will say this too, you know, uh kind of borrowing Anthony's militant hat for a moment. Oh, geez. I find it interesting that of the three of them who came down and were kind of displaced by this disturbance that the one white passing i guess we could say female she's the one who ends up you know she lands and she's sitting really pretty daintily on the subway steps mm. you know she land very prettily for someone who <laughs> out of time and then she's the one who just
3: I was, I was surprised right, she wasn't she was laying there right.
0: like. <laughs> just like Sleeping Beauty or something. And then she's the one who gets found by the rich guy. And she's the one who's, you know, <laughs> taken care of. And she gets to go to a fancy party. And then we <laughs> have the two characters of color end up in the ghetto
3: the rich guy fighting
0: for their lives. <laughs> with
3: <laughs> it happens to be walking, happens to be-, <laughs> be riding the subway.
0: But you know, there are you some rich people who ride the subway. Keanu Reeves is notorious for it. He rides the subway,
2: but, but he's oh. not a he's not a tech oh, billionaire oh, either.
1: I, I love I love this article. I never really thought about that. Wait, but you're <laughs> absolutely right. And,
2: and also, I I love Terry Terry Farrell, but I think she has in her contract she has to have a key light on her mm-hmm. in every solo scene. Because she always has the nice key light; it's all nice and fuzzy filtered. I I, I think and you know she's a beautiful woman, and they always want to highlight that, you know. I think,
3: I think, I'm with Hanukkah. I'm surprised that he didn't swoop her up and carry her up like beauty like up to his um. It seemed like he was and, like, for a minute. It I was, was like, he, he was trying. He was he was he was trying. He was real. He was like I got whatever you want. I
2: got it. if you need it. Here. You he, was trying, you he, he, was, he was trying. He was. He
1: was trying. He was trying. to get next to her, as they would say, mm-hmm. and, and and doing it badly, I might add. But <laughs> I think we shifted.
2: I think we kind of shifted where Hanako was going because <laughs> I'm sorry, Hanukkah. Now, no, no, because now it's like all of a sudden it's this misogynistic thing where he's this white savior. <laughs> Coming along, oh, and he's basically offering this woman his fortune because she's beautiful. It's a, like she's a piece of art. Like he has he completely totally objectified just for him. Yeah, he totally objected, <laughs> objectified her. He is like this piece of art that he's willing to just give everything to, just to possess. Like he doesn't know like, anything do about ID? her. Here, let he me give
0: you about. My credit card,
2: right?
3: Need some credit. <laughs> He, he's on. just this. He's on. He's on the subway. He's getting off. He's like, you know, I have stuff in my life. I'm going to go to my really tall building and be in my office with my state of the art computer. You know what I'm missing? I just need someone in my life who's kind of weird. Maybe has tattoos on her face, and, 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 but she's really beautiful. so she shows me. Hey, how are you? Are you lost? Do you have like? Do you have oh, somewhere yes. to be? Come on. She she was just
2: another acquisition for him. That's oh
3: awesome. my god! And he, oh my god! He
2: knew nothing about her, and he's like, "Here's my credit card. Get whatever you need." He knows nothing about her.
0: her. <laughs> right, And she's got she's got clothes. You no, know, dresses her up in, in, and takes her to a fancy
2: party. <laughs> and in, in the meanwhile, we got the Color Brothers over here, parked in the ghetto. <laughs> you know. With a meal exactly. car fighting for your freaking lives.
1: <laughs> and and the fact that there happen yeah. to be African American, Arab American doesn't really, you know <laughs> that, Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's why I was looking at I was like, oh.
3: That's how we were.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: This meeting with the, the ones that meeting with the social worker. Hmm, you two are a couple of hard now, cases. Now
1: man.
2: I, I mean, will
1: I will I will, I will <laughs> throw in a fact. Uh Alexander Sadig, El Sadig. Or is actually Roddy McDowell's nephew.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Really?
1: Yes. Okay. yes. His, his, his sister married his father, they had him.
2: Huh. His sister. Interesting. Wait, that's, his now, that's actually very cool. Okay.
1: Mar- uh, Roddy
0: McDowell's oh,
2: sister oh, okay. married. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're about sorry. to take a whole another turn. I know you guys were wow. This <laughs> is Oh my God. Oh, I'm sorry. I we almost went down a dark path.
0: <laughs> no, but I mean I just I just thought I was like, okay, so the brothers, the brus, they the land and they're like face first in the dirt, flat on their stomachs, and they of course get found by two cops and they're immediately like suspicious of them and they're getting taken in and she's she's just sitting so daintily on the subway steps like like she just she just slipped down and fell asleep and you know her hand is in the right position and she's just sitting there and she's just all intact her hair is still me and yeah basically yeah I just i just thought that that was just and of course this was in the 90s so it's but it's like now with my 2021 cap on i'm like yeah that's just i I know i know but of course we know they didn't really do better back then but you know
2: (laughs) (sighs) the the more the more things change the more they stay the same right
1: exactly exactly never watch this episode again without thinking about what Hanako just said about <laughs> just Oh <yeah. laughs> oh god
0: that's just- it was just something that I noticed and you know I'm noticing it I'm looking at it and I know that it's a 1990s thing so they weren't as politically correct as <laughs> shows try to be now they try to be a little more diverse they try to be more mindful of certain things but I'm just looking at it with my 2021 brain and it was
1: just like huh okay that that comes to my next question, which I usually ask you, did your daughter watch this with you? She did not oh did. darn it i was I would wanted no, to hear <laughs>
0: see I can get her to watch some of the superhero stuff because even though she's not into superhero stuff now when they were younger, of course me being a geek mom, I'm trying to raise geek kids. Right, right, I took them to that stuff. It just so happens that their interests kind of diverge to other things. Like she will watch more anime than she would, mm. you know, action movies or superhero movies. And she's more into music right. and, you know, poetry and that sort of thing. So that's where her gear lives but every once in a while if I'm watching something downstairs and it has characters that she knows like she knows of the Marvel characters she knows of the Avengers characters she did watch Captain America with us she watched some of the other Marvel films with us so she's familiar with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then of course she sees some of the memes Mm. online so when she sees the memes and she sees me watching it she'll sit down and of course um with some of the storylines especially like with the isaiah bradley storyline and stuff if it catches her attention she'll actually sit down and she'll start Ooh. paying attention to it but something like star trek no she's not I, I i wouldn't even try to get her to watch that that's like so not her wheelhouse oh, i was just curious yeah i could probably get her to look at something like stargate because stargate deals with a lot of
1: like mythology
0: so right, she, right. Would,
1: she would watch something like that, but Star Trek, no. Don't watch that first season, because nope. remember, the first season was on Cinemax, and they did a few things on there. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode. All right, so now that we've do- discussed to death the first part, now we're on to part two of Past Ten. So basically what happened in the, the episode is that Cisco and Bashir uh, find out that the guy that saved and died was Gabriel Bell, and that the, uh, the Ghost and some of the Gimmies have taken six hostages, and they are at the processing center. And now he is there with Bashir, and they're trying to figure out the situation. You've got BC is there, Wells is there, and you've got the two guards, Vin, and you've got the clerk, and you've got a few other people. And basically, that's where we're at right now. So I like the way Cisco just came in and he really put everything
0: into this alternate personality that he has. Now, like this alternate identity, he's like, Oh, okay. If I have to claim this dude's identity, let me go for it. And he just kind of went in with a take charge attitude Yeah. and yeah. okay. And then, you know, he's talking about trying to make sure that they don't change history and Bashir has to be the one to point out to him. He was like, yeah, but you're Gabriel Bell right now. And he's like, yeah, but they don't know that I'm not Gabriel Bell. We can just walk out of here. He's like, "Um, didn't you say that Gabriel Bell died when the police stormed the building? And Cisco's looking like, oh. I'm like, did you not think about that when you decided to just no, take this man's not. identity? Like, oh yeah, you're supposed to die.
2: He did not think it through <laughs> completely.
0: Like, okay, if we're going to fix the timeline, let, let me tell you, um, yeah, you get shot. So you're not coming out of this, buddy, or at least he's not supposed to. But of course, you know, they found a way to fix that.
1: Which I thought was hysterical. But <laughs> I, I think I think I agree with Hanako because when, usually when you see either Picard or Kirk sort of insinuate themselves in situations, they still kind of have a little bit of the captain persona. Oh, no, no. This guy goes all in. <laughs> he's a good
0: undercover person. Because he goes into it and he's like full throttle. Like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and assume this identity. I I don't I don't know what the goal was. I mean, I know he was trying to make sure that they fix whatever they screwed up when Gabriel Bell died trying to, you know, defend them. But it's just kind of, I don't know that you know, taking on someone's identity in a time that you don't belong to. I think that requires a little more thought than Cisco put you into think. it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying.
2: He was flying by the seat of his pants, you know, he was.
0: Yes, but now you're part of a hostage situation where you're on the wrong end of it. Like you are one of the hostage takers now. This is not a good look for you, you know? It's just, uh, and I'm, I'm also watching it in the background. And every time they show this computer, it just
1: <laughs> it's
0: just so horrible. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Like the computers in the 90s weren't even that bad. I,
2: I'm, I'm just gonna I, yeah, I just want to reiterate. I think the timeline is preserved. I think they started the riot oh, and shoot. I think he actually is the Gabriel Bell, but you know, some poor sap has to take the fall for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I'm almost to the point where I, I kind of agree with you on that a little bit because there's been a few where they basically uh, kind of have this where the events are definitely changed and they're not changed at the same time. We see more of this, Anthony knows this, more mm-hmm. of this in Doctor Who. But, uh, yeah. And, I mean, the computer isn't terrible yes it is but it's Lori. not good it's
0: terrible
2: it is, terrible.
0: <laughs> it is yeah. so horrible
2: well, they, they were trying like, to find they, they were trying to find <laughs> the midpoint between what we see 300 years and what we had in 95 they were trying to make something that looked advanced but not too advanced <laughs>
0: that wasn't even advanced looking for 95 Anthony come on for I'm, real I'm trying. We had windows in 95. You can't put windows on that computer in this show. Y'all are listening to this show. Just go look at the episode. Look at the computer. It looks like, I don't know. I don't even remember what they used to call those old computers. Was it a Betamax or something like it? It looks like a computer it looks it looks like a jacked up atari system is what it looks like <laughs> my atari looked better than that and looked more advanced
3: <laughs> damn it's like that's that's like a that's like a commodore prototype and it's like i actually had a commodore 64 and it's,
0: like, <laughs> it's so horrible it's so horrible laurie i will not i will not let you get away with saying it was not that bad yes it was okay okay it was horrible.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh God. All right. So now we're back to the to the right side of town as Hanako has, has referenced. And Johncia is there in her nice little I guess you'd call it 90s Victorian Gibson girl outfit. And she's having a philosophical discussion with this businessman who found her about the poor people and how the people who are in the sanctuary must be a reason why they could be there. And she's like, well, my friends are there. They couldn't be hurt. They don't belong there. And they're going back and forth. And he's like, no, you can't buck the system. You can't do this, you can't do that. And basically, he wants to tell her that they can't do it. But at the same time, he's thinking in the back of the head, well, how much play can I get if I just nod my head and says, you know what, you might be right. <laughs> See, now you've opened my mind up, Holly. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> and then how are you going to say, I mean, her friends were taken to this sanctuary probably against their will. They don't belong there, and she's trying to go rescue them. And you're trying to tell her why she can't do this. First of all, excuse me, you don't own her.
3: Look, <laughs> you don't even know her that well. There. Of course he does, and he's a Honico, what, Honico, you know, He's a man. You know, men don't change that much. For, I mean, he's not that different from men now. So when you think it's going to be in three years, they're going to be better.
2: <laughs> okay, I do have also. I have a separate issue with him. My issue with him is you don't become a tech billionaire without being cutthroat and without breaking rules. So where, where did he get off all of a sudden like, oh, you can't do that. It's not the law. It's against the law. It's like, dude, you are a tech billionaire. You broke some laws. I'm sorry. You, you crushed some people on your way to the top. I know you have. You've got some bodies buried everywhere. And you're going to sit here and tell this woman, oh, no, we can't do anything about it.
3: Please. Well, he probably said that because he didn't see any money in it. He was like, "I'm not gonna break laws unless it's gonna make me at least a couple million. I mean, fuck all that. What's the purpose of it? Oh, jeez, playing it
1: safe. Oh, that's yeah, just right.
0: wrong. That's just wrong. He didn't want her to find her friends because if she can't find her friends, then she can't go back to wherever it was that she where she was supposed to be, and then that way she can stay with him. No, forever. he was just
2: like. You-
1: Oh, I'm sure
0: he's, he's on like, the wedding so, dress. You, he's
2: like, hey. He's like, you're so moralistic. How about all those credits that I loaned you? You have to stay until you pay me back. Let's just do that.
1: I knew you were going there.
2: Pretty <laughs> woman. Look, look, period.
1: give it- <laughs> Yes, exactly. Pretty. Which about that time came out. Uh- <laughs> okay for, for those of you who are like under 40 listening to this you have to understand when pretty woman came out it kind of blew our minds it just did it was like really you can do that
3: for the <laughs> record, record i didn't say that when i watched pretty woman i was like i didn't think i could do that at all i did, wasn't in my wheelhouse i couldn't figure it
2: for, out. for also for the record she says she's from Millville, which is awesome I mean, she's just a simple country <laughs> hoe. Wait, 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 wait they oh, now. They, they're not allowed the country hoes in Moosville. Let's just to say that. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Oh, God. I, I Well, I, I'm not even going to get into it. Anyway, so so now we're back on the ship. And once again, they're going through the huge techno babble. And you've got Oda, who for some reason, I forgot he was in this episode because he wouldn't show up in the other one. Yeah, he did show up. He was
0: in the other one. Nicole Singh? Oh, no. Yeah, he was, like, very briefly in the other one. He was in the episode. He was standing next to um Kira when um O'Brien figured out
1: that they were in the bubble. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. So now she's got the little nose patch on. And, and of course, he says something about it, effectively hides your Bajoran uh, ethnicity, which I just thought was absolutely hysterical. Uh, my, my thing is, is that... I like this episode because most of the episodes later on are so Odo-driven. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Odo. I just got tired of episodes where either Odo or Quark were literally the main events, or Garrick or Gal which are major, major characters in the series later on down the line. And I wanted something that wasn't focused on them. So that's, again, why I picked this episode, because... Don't get me wrong. As much as I love them, you kind of get tired of seeing Odo, Quark, Garrick, and Galdark every episode. I,
2: I have a co- I have some commentary con- concerning Kira and nose. nose. Um, oh, I'm I'm just gonna say that had she like shown up with her nose like that, I don't really think people would have automatically assumed that she was an alien. So I think they
3: I don't think so. Mm, How? I think
2: I'm just I'm just saying because it's not like she's Quark. Like if Quark shows up, well, yeah, dude looks like an alien. It's just a funky nose. It could be a birth defect. We don't we don't say people is, with cleft uh, palates yeah. walking around are aliens. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm okay, just, uh... it's a body modification. she could like, hey, I'm just, she could wear the the, the were her ear piercings earring, And she'd be like, oh, I'm in the body modification. And people be like. But that's that, weird depending
0: on what year they would have landed in she would have been um they would have had something to say about that because even right with yeah. people with cleft palates or people with you know deformities they are treated strangely in some places people look at them funny they point they stare mm-hmm. they i know like, it would just yeah. raise
2: more questions than necessary well
1: yeah and and, and there and there are so, oh, two things about this thing one some deformities no matter what year or century you're going to be getting you're going to be treated differently my my mother is a full-blown albino okay my mother stands out like nobody's business anywhere she goes okay she's almost 70 years old blonde hair blue eyes with the red no skin tone at all okay my mother literally Cannot go anywhere without at least three people walking up to her, either asking her, Are you okay? Are you sick? And are you really an albino? Try spending 69 years with that. Yeah. Okay. So that is a deformity. Second, uh, Nana Visitor, the actress, this is another fun fact, is actually the niece of Sid Sharice, the dancer.
3: Damn. Okay.
1: What? I happen to know a lot about these people. Yes. So, yeah, she, and she's actually a niece on her mother's side. Sister Teresa's sister is her mother. Hmm. So when, so when she and uh, Alexander got married, let's just say that both sides of the family were very, very excited because the, both sides of the family are huge into entertainment, pretty big in entertainment. It was basically almost like a Hollywood marriage.
0: Mm, okay. And a
2: uh,
3: Bollywood divorce. And and Bollywood, also the, yeah.
2: the I'm sorry. Also the look that the guy gives O'Brien when she says I broke my nose. He kind of looks at it like, "Really, dude?" And then they walk right, off. right.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. He he's like, "Did you do this?" <laughs> yeah. Right. So so now we're in the part now where they decide that they're going to talk to the people uh, and maybe, you know, use the computer system, which I have a problem with. We'll get into it. And they decide that Webb should be the one to do it. And B.C. gets very upset. He goes, what? He goes, I can. And I quote, be as eloquent as everyone. But Gabriel Bell Cisco says, no, he goes, he's got the face. He's got the look. He's got the family. And he's trying to tell him you're OK. But if you really want people to see what's going on, put a family man in charge so they decide, okay, we're going to do that, and chaos ensues later on. But they started transmitting, and he starts telling them he used to you know, work as a manager uh, in, a, in a factory, and midway through, they cut him off. And then that leads to a few other things with Sia and Chris. But basically, the premise of the of the riots is that they decided – That they were going to plead their case to the press, which is another trope, by telling them what's going on and getting the word out because they figured they can get the word out, then maybe they won't get stormed by the cops and get tear gassed and all get shot up and killed. I wish I could see the look on my face. Imagine
0: that. I'm sorry, what was that? I I wish the
1: the listeners could
0: see the look on my face.
1: Yes, it is pricey. We so know we'll how that is gonna
0: have. work out. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah exactly.
3: It ain't gonna change in four year, in what three or four years
1: until mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, certain certain thing happened in Los Angeles. Incidentally, they this entire episode is actually based upon a California event in 1971 called the Attica Riots, uh San Quentin. Uh the prisoners actually did riot. Uh, and this is what the basis of Stephen Iron Bear for this episode. Also, at the same time that this was going on, the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, Rick Rediron, uh, not not the author, but another <laughs> Rediron, uh, he actually was coming up around this time, uh, the idea of LA having these neighborhoods that were quote unquote sanctuaries. So Steven Iron Bear actually took this theme from real life and put this in this episode.
0: I'm sorry if I ever in twenty twenty four or any year after that see a see any kind of neighborhood that says that they're a sanctuary and it's run by the government, I am running the other
2: way. <laughs> we, we you see, see how well those sanctuary they set up for those kids out west work work out yeah. <laughs> right
1: it's yeah it, it's not it's not pretty so basically what happens then is that they bring lee i finally remember her name they bring lee and they have this uh government representative who is played by oh her name is she she's another character actress has been in everything been and in name, yes there yes you, do you you have she some info on comfort.
3: her she was in too close for comfort one of my favorite shows Like she was the dark-haired one she's she was funny as shit in that and she's been in a lot of stuff too you're correct
1: you, you have to really give the, the casting props for this episode because they threw a lot of heavy hitters in this episode. And like I said, this is one of the more famous uh, episodes. So basically, she's trying to negotiate to find out how the hostages are, and they decide that they're going to, you know, talk with them. And then, you know, Bell and B.C. have have a little discussion. And basically, what they wind up doing is having uh, Webb and Cisco go outside and talk to her uh, and see what sort of deal that they can they can work through. Because right now, there's sort of, in terms of precedent in this episode, basically what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to figure out uh, how to get their place, uh, their situation either out there, resolved without any bloodshed, whereas the government wants the hostages and everything to be go back to normal. You know, a lot of these
0: situations, and this is even relevant in one of the other shows that we're watching, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, When you have these displaced people and all they want is to be heard and to -hmm. be treated like humans, it might work out better for everyone if the higher ups, the people in charge, the government will actually just sit down and listen to them. And it's sad that that's a commentary that's being talked about in 1995, discussed in an episode that's set in 2024. And here we are in 2021 and it's not that much difference. Again, we are not evolving the way that we should be. You know, and, and that's something else. Um, I forgot what other show there was. There was another show that we were watching and the, the comment was made that we're actually moving backwards with the way that we treat people with the way that we are resolving these kinds of worldwide issues, these kinds of social issues. It's just, it's sad that this is a commentary written almost 30 years ago and it's still happening now.
3: Yep. That's true.
0: You know, and it's actually kind of scary. And a lot of times these situations are not resolved peacefully. There's always some type of violence. There's always some type of, you know, it's just, it's it never has a great outcome. And it's just one of those things where you look at it and you're like, when is that going to change?
3: When mm-hmm, are we going to get some mm-hmm. people
0: who actually listen and decide to do something that's going on. I mean, we already know that's not happening in our current day and age because you have people who have been sitting in office for the last 30 years doing the same old, same old. And, you know, they haven't changed their mindset, haven't changed shit. And so nothing out here changes. It's just one of those things. It's, it, it's like I said, it, it's sad to see it in a TV show. And it's kind of like, oh, you're holding a mirror up to us. Oh, this is what we look like. Okay. And, and we're still doing it.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's it's sort of interesting. Like I said, I picked it because it was one of my favorite episodes, but I didn't realize how much it was actually going to mirror things that are going on right now. I mean, I got it this morning when I was rewatching. It, it was like, huh, I picked a heck of an episode, didn't I? <laughs> why, didn't, why, why didn't I pick a, a light more lighter hearted episode? But, you know, I had specific reasons. Uh, So basically, uh, you've got Lee right now. She's talking to Bashir. They're going over the fact that she processed them earlier. and She's telling them about this woman that she tried to help who was in trouble and how it, it basically haunted her and all this other stuff. And they're going back and forth. And you can see that the people are beginning to really get a little bit more agitated and a little bit more concerned because... Now, at this point, things are leading from the night into the next day. Uh, they're talking about getting breakfast. They're talking about, you know, the time is moving on, you know, and, and I'm just gonna fast forward just a tiny bit. And the thing is, is that people are really upset. Now we do get the guards uh, then, who again is a, character, who's a long-time character actor? He tries to basically uh, sneak out and get stopped, and we have this great confrontation between Cisco and uh, B.C. And basically, he tells him to sit down, and he goes into this thing about Belle. And again, Cisco, whether he's overacting or he is just really into justice, he takes it too far. I, I Like Hanako said, there's a, there's a way to do something, but for him, he like it's like a mind meld or something, you know. <laughs> <sighs> uh,
3: Lord mercy.
0: But you know the the, the other thing is with Cisco taking on that persona, we see Bashir is also kind of trying to keep the peace in his own way, and he's also trying to help like. He's trying not to alter anything, but he's still a doctor. He can't see people in need and not help them. So the lady who helped them earlier, who processed them earlier, he notices that she is hyperglycemic. And she's showing those signs and he's he's talking to her like, look, I can try to get you help, this, that, and the other. And of course, the one of the guards that captured him earlier, he's like, leave her alone, stop talking to her. Because again, he's looking at Bashir as oh, you're with them. You're part of the enemy, you know? And it's like, I I think it's it's a good way to show Bashir can be on one side of the things, but that doesn't mean that he can't still want to help. You know, yeah, these people are hostages, Mm -hmm. but that's not his intent there. He's just basically, of course, they don't know this, but he's just trying to do what he needs to do to make sure everybody stays safe So they can finish doing whatever it is they need to do so they can get the hell out of Dodge and get back home. And I think that's, uh, you know, again, going back into how this ties with society and everything, you do always have those people who no matter what side of the fight they're on, their only goal is to protect and to make sure people are safe and to kind of basically treat everyone like they're human, which is one of the big things that's not happening in this episode. You know, one of the the reasons why they have taken hostages is because these people are like, hey, they don't see us. They don't treat us like we're worth anything. They're not helping us get jobs. They're giving us the, the bare minimum with food. We're having to fight over a place to stay. We just want to be able to live and be comfortable like everyone else you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. again, I think this, like you said, this, this episode is really relevant for the way things are in this day and age. And, and you see in this episode, it didn't, you know, towards the end, there were some casualties. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress in the situation. You, I'm, I'm looking at it in the Mm -hmm. background. You have the you know you have the um situation where the guard is trying to i guess he's trying to either escape or he's trying to get a weapon and bc wakes up right. points his gun at him and here comes cisco as gabriel bell trying to assert some control over the situation it's just like this situation is not going to work out favorably for
1: anybody no and the, the way
0: that they're handled.
1: right and then out. then Exactly, and then they, they go back and forth a little bit more where they talk to the to Preston again, and then we get the most ridiculous thing I think I've seen now that now that I've seen this like 20 times, I'm seeing stuff now, because I'm talking, I don't normally talk on Star Trek with other people other than Mark, but now that I'm talking with you guys, now I'm seeing stuff. John Sia, who's a trill, has a worm in her belly, dressed up to the nines, gets into the sanctuary city through the sewers. You know, I was going to question that. (laughs) That's
0: not a safe thing to do. For someone who doesn't have a worm in the eye. So,
3: (laughs) and if it's not, why hadn't anyone else thought about getting out?
1: Exactly. And she's not too dirty either. And then we
0: have she great character. No, she, no, no. She,
3: was, she was still clean. That maybe it's a tea.
1: dry sewer.
0: Maybe it's an inactive sewer.
3: Maybe she, it, she, yeah, maybe, a maybe she has really, really good scotch guarding on it. Like she, she, she oh, yeah, scotch guarding and starch. When they Well, crisp. I mean,
0: she is staying with the rich guy who's providing her clothes right now. So <laughs> it, it, that could be a possibility, you know.
1: It's, yeah, right. So, so, so she leaves the sewer, and she's looking, and she's walking around, and we get one of my favorite parts ever in this episode, Clint Howard, who's Ron Howard's younger brother, is an amazing character actor, and honestly, they didn't need him in this episode, they just did it because they got Clint Howard for the day. So he's following her around, and she's just literally not paying attention to her surroundings at all, I mean, literally, and so... <laughs> So it's like cis woman walking, literally. So the next thing we know is that they go back to the processing center and they realize that they have this person who was brought in by the guards, and it is Jadzia. And while they're doing that, they are looking into the computer and they realize that there should be some problems with the people telling their stories. And BC is there. and And BC is very upset with the fact that A, they know her, B, Uh, They really know her, and see they're friends. I mean, what you guys think about this?
2: Hey, uh, I just real quick. I have a shout out to um, to Clint for having been in a TOS episode. He's been in DS Nine. He has also done an episode of Enterprise. He has also been in an episode of Discovery. So he's he's
3: pretty. What does that do? Huh? I
1: like that. that's right i only remember the enterprise one but you're right yep. yeah and he
3: was
2: also in the episode got... of fringe which is my other favorite show where he he was telling them that he was the he was Seric of vulcan so that's just enough you know he's he's a great character acting yeah.
1: See, I, I I, still have the box set that Mark got me a few years ago, the French sitting over here on my table, and I, I just, I can't get into it. I keep trying, but I, uh, I've tried three, it's like the 4,400. We'll, okay. I can't get into it, but I keep we'll, trying. We'll
2: talk friends later. I will, I will help you out okay. with that.
1: Okay. Okay. So basically, uh, how to go? I was saying Jatsia is captured, and now she's brought into the processing center, and BC is upset the fact that she's close and personal friends with Bashir and Gabriel Bell, who's introduced as Gabriel Bell. Mm-hmm. And oh, you, it's just- you remember my friend Gabe, don't you? Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, again she has, she has these instincts she's like oh okay i'm just gonna go with i'm just gonna go with the flow like why are they calling benjamin gabe i don't know but if this is what we're doing this is what we're doing hi gabe nice to see you again
2: there she is with going with the flow she's really good at that she, she, i don't think
3: that I, I really think that they probably she he probably really didn't have to intonate that much because she's the she's one on, she really had a handle on being in a different world, different time and like blending in and going with the flow. So I don't think he really had to intimate that. And I mean, if anything, he probably would have given her given him away more. But yeah, this is Gabriel. He would have given him the Agatha Winkle. <laughs> B E L L Gabriel Bell.
1: Well I I think to be honest with you, I think a lot of that is because of Curzon. One of her previous hosts, I think, because the Curzon was such an experienced person that because she carries the memories of all of her past hosts, I think that he was
2: actually helping her out. Mm, okay, I could I could go with that. I, I, mean, I think that helps. I think I think that's what helped yeah. her adjust to this situation so quickly.
1: Yeah, because honestly, if they never would have came back with her, I think she would have been fine. To be honest with you. <laughs> just would have been a very, very rich wife of a very, very rich man. Uh, So basically she's telling them about the defiance and she's telling them about the distress signal. And then they send her off on the dumbest thing they could possibly, instead of having her go back through the tunnels and try to find help. They're like, well, I lost my combat. First of all, you are a trained Starfleet officer. You're 300 years old. I don't care if you're a science officer, you still have to take basic training, basic fight techniques. You let a weird dude who might be mentally ill swipe your comm badge? Just say. that. That whole thing was just
0: weird anyway, because when she got out of the sewer, he starts walking and he right. starts following her. She's actually looking around at her surroundings. She actually looks back while he's trailing her And she doesn't even
1: notice him. Like, what kind of training did you
0: get that you're not paying attention? Like I
1: said, like I said, cis woman walking. Just la-dee-dee, la-dee-da. So then they send the second most less helpful person in the fight, Bashir, to go with her to find her badge. And they just miraculously find the right building and find the right person who has her badge, which is Clint Howard. And he does the cutest scene ever. They come up and they see him and he goes, "Whoosh, I'm invisible." And she goes, "I know you are. Can you see me?" And he goes, "Barely he goes good." And he goes, "You're a good alien. I know. If we say they'll suck our brains out through our ears, can I have my badge back?" Like, yes. Okay. Wave. He got twenty thousand for a day's work. That whole scene was just <laughs> hilarious I- I thought it was because
0: he was I'm like, "Yeah."
1: Yeah. I'm,
2: <laughs> right? I'm invisible.
0: Like, I'm invisible, so the aliens can't see me. She's like, but I am an alien. And it's just like, and, and of course, because he's just like, you are? Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at this like,
2: really? Well, I mean, they, it, it, they had already took the story and made the story two parts. They couldn't protract it out any longer than it needed to be. So, you know, get to the point.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna tell this yeah. random earthling that I'm an alien and he's gonna believe me and give me what I need and let me go. And well, this is the
2: dim and nobody You know,
0: gonna... things just seem to be working out very well for her
1: in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just gonna you're gonna stick with it, aren't you? Through the entire episode, she had a breeze. It was okay. I I should
3: probably look for my friend. Oh, oh, is that caviar?
2: Hold on a second. I mean, it's obvious. It it is, it is. If they, like like Mike said, if they got stuck and have to be stuck there, she's going to be all right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's going to be fine. She can sit around oh, all day. Geez. She can go through the list of all the people that's there. Look at the pictures, you know, go get her pedicure, manicure, come back, look at some more pictures. Oh, you know, I don't know. Are they doing pedicures fine.
0: and manicures in this version of 2024?
2: It doesn't look <laughs> like <laughs> the man is a billionaire. If she wants her nails done, she can get her nails done. Oh, geez. Yeah,
1: it so so then she goes back to the office And they're arguing And she's trying to convince him That he needs to help them And he's like I can't break the law You're asking me to break the law And then he winks and nudges And he goes you know what but I'll get great ratings And so he lets her do
2: it Yeah, I, I, was, and I'm going, I was referring to him as a tech billionaire No he's actually a media mogul which is actually worse. <laughs> so he's crushed <laughs> even more people <laughs> and broke even more laws than everyone else. But you know, as, as an aside, it sounds like social media. They're like, we're going to get on mm-hmm. social media and let them get on social media and share their story with the world. Which I'm like, wow, you, you guys are right. This is like a reflection of what, what is happening even now. And we're talking about a show that's, Twenty years old, almost thirty, doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Almost thirty, doing yeah. the same thing. They're they're they want to get online and show the world their message. Yeah, let's get, and,
3: let's, get on, let's get on TikTok on this computer from 1977. <laughs> <over in
2: 2004>. <laughs> <laughs> Except our version of Zuckerberg is trying, you know, shut that shit down. But yeah. let's not go there and talk about that. So
1: so, so then the people start telling their stories. And according to the history books, millions of people saw it. And so Preston is there. And uh, the guy standing next to her, he looks familiar, but I cannot for the life of me figure out who he is. And she tells him that the governor has said they've run out of time and they need to move in. Why does he look like like he has on a Gryffindor tie? (laughs) He does. Well, yeah, he does. I noticed that too. Um, So basically what they've decided that they're going to do is they are going to go in and they're gonna storm this thing. So while we're doing that, you've got uh, uh, O'Brien and Kira back. And they're like, you know, this is what Hanukkah was saying. They've got one last shot, one last shot. And they're gonna, uh, he and has three to pick and- possibilities. Yes, three possibilities. And, you know, and he, so Miles gives this whole thing where, you know, we're talking about Earth and it's kind of a rough patch and they've been through the databases. And and see, the problem I have with this scene is that I know Miles very, very well. And Miles, how can I put it this way? He's brilliant, but he's never been that smart if that if you could understand what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that's, I mean I'm, that's I'm like, like regular what,
2: what do they call his character in Battlestar Galactica, Knuckle Draggers? <laughs> like you said, right? Quantum mechanics and quantum physics yeah. are not his Yeah, thing.
1: That, yeah. That that was never his thing. So all of a sudden he can do math.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming from an engineer. No, I'm <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. So the so now we get to see that first of all it was just stupid, where they've sort of made friends with the hostages and they're talking baseball for like a full two minutes, and they're like, oh well, no, soccer's my game, and they basically have and bonded tennis. and tennis and tennis. They basically have bonded. And I'm going, who bought, what what was it? What's that? Stockholm syndrome?
3: Men, men Laurie. men bond over <laughs> sports when there's nothing else to talk oh, about. Okay. Men, okay. I mean, you, that. Can, you can either catch like, these
2: yeah. bullets,
3: catch these fists, or talk about baseball. Right, there you go. You know? uh-huh. Sports is a universal language. It's like, who's your team? Braves, who's your team? Dodgers. Oh, I used to hate you guys. Yeah, we used to hate you guys mm-hmm. Oh, my so like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. a tennis
2: guy. I'm, I'm about the individual sports.
3: An individual shine. That's the scene. World Cup over here.
2: <laughs> World Cup.
3: Actually, period. So it's like I don't, I don't care as long as there's some, as long as there's a goal and something to put inside of it. Let's go. I'm watching.
2: Right, okay. and so, and of course, I, you know, I can get my militant hat and talk about, you know, the sports. You have the elitist talking about tennis, you know, and the mm, regular yeah, guys th- talking th- about America's pastime. And then you got the was it his guy, or seemingly Hispanic guy, talking about soccer. <sighs> Can we be in the no? No, that, that
1: was Lee. That was the black girl. Yeah, that oh, was okay, black all right. girl.
2: Okay, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, all right. But I'll, but see, I'll, once I'll, again, I'll they throw in a little bit.
1: They throw in they throw in one of Cisco's foibles because if you've watched Deep Space Nine, you realize that he is an anomaly because he is a baseball fanatic. In fact, keeps a baseball on his desk. Yeah, you know. So that was a cute little thing. Uh, so then we get this thing where B.C. B. gives uh, Danny, Wells' son, his hat, and they send him along his merry way, and he was like, oh, what the heck, oh, I forgot, the ransom demands a couple of chips right anywhere, and B.C. decides he wants to go to Tanzania because Earl Flynn was, from- was born in Tanzania, and then the next thing you see is you you see them shooting and the guards come in and they start doing this whole shoot up thing. And basically BC starts shooting. He gets hit a few times and then Webb uh, gets hit. He goes down when he comes after them. And then you have Cisco who gets shot and my Vin is trying to run out there, but Cisco actually, Gabriel Bell blocks Vin from getting shot and he goes down. So that's where we're at right now.
3: no, no. I don't care. I don't care how much of a hero I'm supposed to be. I'm not dying in 2024 when I'm 300 years in the <laughs> past. Oh, I would have pushed him. I would have pulled him. I'm not jumping in front of his ass.
1: No, Gabriel no, Bell no, got no, shot. I, it's in the history books. Okay, Michael, Michael, you sounded just like my husband because my husband has said the exact same thing while
3: watching this episode. I would have shoved him. I said, screw that. Yeah, I, I ain't got to get shot in my upper extremities. I can I can push him and get shot in the ass. Be like, fine, I can I can howl my ass back <laughs> into the future. I, I'm not going to risk getting shot in the fucking chest. No, 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 no. You can shoot me in the shoulder. Fine. You should. Shoot me in the ass. Shoot me in the leg. Don't shoot me in the fucking chest. I'm not going to get shot in in front, in the whole front. Especially no,
1: not
0: no. for
3: that
1: guard. <laughs> no 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 and, and as smart and okay i'm gonna say something controversial but i actually mean this with about 90 percent of my being as smart as bashir is he's not that good of a doctor i'm just saying well he's not that good he's
0: also 300 years out of time <laughs> he's dealing probably
1: with no, no no i'm talking in general i'm talking in general not this episode i'm talking in general he's an okay doctor excellent research, actual doctoring, I'd take Crusher any day. Seriously. I don't think I would yeah. let Bashir operate on me if I needed him to operate. Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then and then I, I'm looking, when they, when they get back in the future, he's laying down and he sits in those in those flash purple pajamas, by the way. I need a set of those he, those. he
0: was looking mighty
2: comfortable, um,
3: wasn't he? <laughs> Then he then he sat up and he was still in pain. I'm like, wait, you're back in the future. Why are you in pain? Don't they have something that can't they fix that now? You're 300 years in the fucking future. Why do you still have a bullet in
1: you? Again, (laughs) Bashir's not the greatest doctor known to mankind. I'm just saying. So
2: (laughs) no, that's because that's because Cisco Cisco is a man. He's not gonna take any pain meds. He's gonna sit there. He's and a he's man the, to pay. Get this shit of my shoulder. He's gonna heal in an old fashioned way. He just—he's a
3: man who got shot. Fuck that I shit. I was gonna no. say
0: <laughs> maybe no, 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 their okay. futuristic medicine doesn't work on such primitive wounds. Yeah, I, I was
2: gonna say the same thing, but she doesn't have that much experience with you know projectiles made out of metal shredding up a person's insides. He right. Just,
3: so he put he put he pulled the future off the wind. I don't know nothing about pulling no bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about pulling no so bullets. he's, he's uh, going to need a little
2: help with, with that when they get oh back geez. to the station. He's going to have to, you know, get a little help with that. And it's not fair comparing him to Crusher because Crusher, at some point, she becomes a director of Starfleet Medical. So that's not really fair comparison. He's on a
0: whole other level. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of understand. I kind of understand it because if, if Laurie says that Bashir is supposed to be as brilliant as he is, then he should know a little bit more about doctrine than he seems to know.
2: He doesn't have very good bedside manner. You
0: okay. Okay. Know, he, well, okay. He, Let's he, roll with he, that.
2: Went, he went to Deep Space Nine for the experience. You know? They, right. He,
1: he had, he, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's brilliant in the head, but in practice maybe he kind of Lex in a few areas. Follix
1: was a better doctor. The doctor was a better doctor. As far as ranking doctors, uh, Bashir is at the bottom of the list. Okay, you get, you stump your pinky toe,
2: you may go to Bashir. Other than that, don't go to Bashir. I mean, he's wow. not an emergency field medic. Like I said, he went to DS9 <laughs> because it was an adventure. He wasn't expecting yeah. to have to deal with battle scars. Exactly, and, and, right. People right. being blown up by bombs and shot with guns. Right. He doesn't. Right. He did that's not he even he read his about it
0: very well.
2: No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he, I think he says I that. Think I. He said that was yeah. He I wasn't, does. I, I didn't pay attention to history class. This guy can memorize all that stuff, and he didn't bother.
0: No, nope. he said he not didn't study not Earth history that well. Earth history that well. He
2: should, he should that, know about right.
0: Starfleet history. If he, I mean, if you're going to be a, a doctor on a Starfleet ship, you should know and have intimate knowledge
1: of all the shit. But he's not on a ship. He's on a space station. He's never on a ship. Where do the ships have to go? The ships and, have and to go no, that, a different... a,
2: As... as, as, as as elitist as he is he would not think that the history of starfleet has anything to do with practicing medicine this
1: is that, true. that is this just is true.
2: that's how he rolls
1: you know? yeah pretty much yeah he he, he is early incompetent as a doctor <laughs> i mean see, he, he is i'm sorry he just said same shit. <laughs> wow i'm not lying I am, I want the emergency medical, I want the doctor. I don't want him. So basically, so basically after Bing Bamboo happens and all that stuff, basically what they're doing is they come in and Vin tells them, he goes, I'm a hostage, you idiot. And they were said that we were told that you were dead. He goes, do I look dead to you? What's wrong with you people? Yada, yada. You could have gotten us all killed. So basically we're coming toward near the end of the episode where the stormtroopers for lack of better word have come into the building and they've taken over and they go in and Bashir says I'm a doctor leave him alone Uh, because Gabriel Bell's been hit so they give the guys guns and they go and they do other stuff and then an officer Cavalera basically are going to clean up so they ask Cisco if he's okay and Bashir says he's gonna live and then they just they remember that by the way nobody Nobody checked on BC. okay? I'm just saying, old oh boy died like oh, whatever. They got up, they went over, they checked Webb, Webb is dead, okay? Very sad, very tragic, I feel bad. The fact that we didn't even get to see his death face, we got a side up view, just, they did him dirty, okay? Death mask, we needed. Anyway, so he's like, he does that damn, 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 James almost face when he sees Webb, right? I love that too. <laughs> Oh, geez. so then they come outside and they've got their guns and by by the way there's a lone child about nine years old just sort of walking back and forth looking confused and nobody's helping this child okay they still like two or three shots of this child so then you got Bashir, and you've got um Cisco, and Cisco is there. They're talking about what needs to be done and all this other stuff. And he says, well, what can we do? And he says, well, give me your ID cards. And he says, we'll swap them out with a couple of the casualties. He says, I'm gonna let you go. And then he says to him, okay, fine. And he says, is there anything else that needs to be done? And he says, tell people what happened. He goes, I would have done that anyway. We wind up seeing them back on the ship. He's lounging, relaxing. And he gives some swiggly Bashir shows him picture, it's him, it's Gabriel Bell, end episode. I kind of, I, I kind of agree with Anthony.
0: Like, it was always supposed to be Cisco. I mean, how else do you explain? We never saw a picture. Well, uh, okay, I would say we never saw a picture. I'm sure Cisco probably saw a picture in, you know, the history books.
2: No, he, he vaguely remembers. They, everybody vaguely remembers the bell. Right,
0: yeah. The, yeah.
2: The, the, the bell. yeah. Right.
0: But here's the, the thing ride. this is where I feel like this they made the mistake. So if he took their IDs and swapped it with someone else, wouldn't they have looked and said, oh, this is the person they they should have gotten a picture of like whoever the dead person was or that you know found that picture and that should have picture. photos. the the ids if you paid
1: photos. attention
0: did not have photos yeah but if you're if you're swapping the ids with ids of people who have already died why would they have a picture of cisco cisco never took a picture well i don't know Oh,
2: um, Cisco didn't take a picture back then, did he? Come on. I, mean, for, I think they did. For, for, hold, hold on. They, they, no, we, we're not going to go there. They, we, when you watch an episode of Star Trek, any Star Trek, you are going to find plot holes. You're, you're going to find things <laughs> that cannot be explained. And you just true. have to accept it. That's just how Star Trek rolls. I mean, they are they are, they are not experts used. on continuity as a matter of fact a lot of the things they do rely on the continuity not working because it gives them a lot of flexibility
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true and and sadly enough the only series that actually stuck with a decent continuity was enterprise
2: oh, of all the thi- hold, 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 of all the hold, series hold your, hold no, your horses. Not not your- the Klingon told, <laughs> episode. Hold your horses! There's a million continuity problems. That, you know, no, no.
1: Once they got to the Zindi War, once they got to wait, the Zindi who, War, wait, who, it was who? all this, continuity.
2: The Zindi War? What? What, what is yes. that? Oh, w- w- have we heard of that before? Oh, I guess oh. not.
1: Oh god! So, the, but this, we're not fine, talking fine about fine, right fine, 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 fine.
3: Yeah, so Hanako, it's gonna be. It's, it might be nice tomorrow, like with the overcast. I'm just trying to talk about something because I I, I I I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just gonna talk to Hanako before first. Like, before, before we, we start
2: talking about really good continuity shows. We have to exclude all Star Trek franchise <laughs> shows from that discussion. We just have to fine (laughs) whatever
1: fine (laughs) so basically so basically uh this was my birthday episode that I wanted to talk about this is one of my favorite episodes I view it as one episode not a two-parter because again various reasons but I just like the way that they did it I like that it was a way mission it was on earth it was a time issue I like the fact that we got some serious acting out of uh, Alexander Sadiq and the fact that Avery Brooks and I just like it it's it's up there within the pale moonlight it's one of those things that when i watch it i take my brain out because you really have to and i'm happy
0: okay well i'm
3: glad you're happy
0: this this was actually a lot of fun to discuss
3: (laughs) this is awesome yeah also real quick um bashir was that actually played rasa Ghoul in gotham excellent work which i was like i I thought i was was, he looked familiar that's why i was like That's where it is. Okay, He
1: also played Aladdin's father in the short-lived Atlantis series. He played a king who died, and he was also in the, he was in Sinbad as the Sinbad's father, and he was in the two-season short Atlantis series playing the king. He was also in, he he was also in that one series, that British series where they had the dinosaurs and the bugs. What? Oh, God. What What series was that? Just a second. Let me look it up. Keep talking.
0: Let me look it up. Let me look it up. See, I remember him. Reign of Fire. Yes, the Dragon movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey
2: and Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So,
1: oh, and and of course
0: he was in Game of
2: Thrones.
1: Yes, he was in Game of Thrones too. Yeah. I was about to say that. Um, he. That, let me see. The show was
2: Primeval. That.
1: There you go. Primeval. I was, yes, I that's saw right. like
2: one or two episodes of that show. It it, it is out there. It, it, it takes a there.
1: lot to get through Primeval. It really he oh. he was also he was peaky in, binders too he oh yeah and he was in Tut as well the right. mini
0: series that came out
1: oh my god that's a second favorite that and the and the and the Texas Ranger miniseries that came out at the same time talk about historical inaccuracies but so much fun i actually called off an entire week of work to watch both of them at the same time yeah he's done a lot of
0: stuff he did
1: uh he did a couple of
0: episodes of the walking Merlin. Dead. he was in 24 he's been on yep. a lot of things so yeah.
3: Yeah. Of course Dick Miller, the, the douchey guard was the guy from Gremlins. Like, the Gremlins, the Gremlins in my club. Ah, ah! Um, where was um <laughs> Devon <Death laughs> Balkenberg was in Warriors and Streets of Fire. That's where that's where I really was thinking I'd seen it oh, in Streets of where the movie Streets of Fire with um uh what's the name Diana, Diana Lane and um what's his name? Eddie and the cruiser's dude, Michael Poray. Um yeah, a uh, quick shout out to Avery Books for actually turning into Hawk at one point when he took them back into the back room and said, If you don't shut the fuck up, I will kill you myself. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Hawk, what's up? I'll say to him. <laughs> he, I was like, Oh, shit, yeah. That, yep, that's Hawk right there. Uh, but yeah, this was really enjoyable. It took me back, back to the time when I, when I actually watched, when I watched. Deep Space Nine when it came, it was like before it went into syndication. So this was fun. I'm so that I love these things. I'm I, I can't wait to get to y'all's and to get to Kung Fu Hustle for Casey. And like this is, this is so much fun to see us individually geek out over things and to get excited about it, and to like you know just dork completely dork out. This is fucking awesome. I I thoroughly love this series. Love love, love us.
1: Thank you guys for letting me talk Star Trek.
2: Yeah, this was is, um, is a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, I really like this, this um this episode. They they're not I wouldn't I I wouldn't say they're they're my favorite episodes right, of right. the series. Right. But I will say that they do fall in that category of fun because it, it falls outside of what what we normally would see in D S nine. You know, the the time travel, right, the whole, you know, messing with time thing and and just the hilarious situations that they find themselves in, and now Hanukkah is going to have me looking at this episode completely different from Jazia's <laughs> yeah. perspective because it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it, it's fun. It, it it's in that category of those those episodes that are quite memorable from Deep Space Nine, and um, and I'm glad I got to watch it again.
0: Right, right. So. Um. Yeah. These episodes are are a lot fun because it's it's outside of what we normally do. Like most of the stuff that we cover are current shows, so it's nice to go back and and look at something that's older that you know we may have seen when we were younger and being able to rewatch it with fresh eyes and get new takes on it. That's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the others that we're doing. Um, we are doing mine next. And I believe I have settled on what we're going to talk about, and I believe that is going to be the movie Smoking Aces, which is one of my absolute favorites. Casey, who is not usually on this part of the podcast, but she covers all of the Walking Dead universe with me, she has chosen Kung Fu Hustle, so we will all get together, and I think that'll be our first podcast with all five of us together, talking about Kung Fu Hustle, and then Anthony's is later on in the year, and have you decided what you're going to discuss yet, Anthony? You still have some time, so you you have time to think. I,
2: I have time.
0: I- and, and change oh, your you mind
2: were, you or? Was it was I, I have it was time something. I'm gonna wait I'm
1: uh-huh.
3: gonna wait okay I'm gonna you're wait killing me small killing it. me
1: <laughs> well I I can I can announce this now next year for my birthday episode we are doing sliders ah okay
3: the whole series okay
1: no, no, no! I'm gonna pick okay. an episode. Okay. Another two, I think my thing is gonna be two parters. It's either gonna be sliders or it's gonna be grim.
0: Okay. And and I know that we, we've talked mm. before about covering grim as like a, a a throwback show. We we are thinking about adding a throwback show to the rotation, and I know that it has been. Heavily suggested that I need to watch Grimm because I never got into that series. So we may end up doing that as well. And who knows, we may do more of these episodes, you know, aside from birthday episodes because they're a lot of fun. You know, it's fun to go back and revisit, like I said, revisit the old episodes and kind of go through a little bit of nostalgia. So we may do this more than just the birthday episodes, who knows, but if we decide, we'll let you guys know. But for now, that is it for our show.